This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Junto, episode 39. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit. And I am here with my co-host, Adam Jumping Jack. Jumping Jack. Tedders. I'm Jumping Jack. I, let me ask you before we get into the show. Okay. What is the process like for the J name? It's magic. It, it strikes you like lightning. It is magical. Is it attached to any emotions? Is it attached to something you've seen me you do? Know, I mean, it's not something I can really like... Pin down. I mean, I don't want to do like see how the sausage was made. I don't want to yeah. take the magic out of it. Uh huh. I'm just curious. It's really a personal moment. It's a personal thing. Yeah. You know? Because I think myself, when you say the, the word uh-huh. or the name, uh-huh. I think, how am I like a jumping jack? <laughs> <laughs> how, how am I like a jumping jack? <laughs> how am I like a jumping Have jack? I shown him something yeah. in the past few moments uh-huh. that made him go, you know what? <laughs> this dude, right jumping here, jack. This dude right here. Oh, I got a good one for man. I already thought about what the next week, next wow. week is going to be. See, right. that's how it happens. It just yeah. comes like that. I just witnessed that. That was special. It's not something that I can really like nail down. Yeah, but it's something. It's something. Something unique. Okay, special cloth. How's your week coming along? How you uh, doing? It's good. My yeah. birthday was this past weekend. Happy birthday, Octavius A. Newman. Thank HBD. you. HBD. Thank you. What's yeah. that mean? Uh, happy birthday. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Come on. FFS, SMH. Right. Come on. Yeah. We were talking about earlier how I really don't get acronyms unless they've been explained <laughs> to me. <laughs> like somebody was tweeting, they were like, I want to make a confession about um, B O T W. And I was like, what, what is What's BOTW? What is BOTW? Uh, so books of the week. Adam's like, Book of the week, Octavius. Yeah, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's us. We yeah. made that one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. Good. Uh, my wife did a fantastic job for my birthday. So went go-karting uh-huh. on Saturday, which was fun. Uh-huh. Just some good old youthful... The arcade? Fun. I yeah. saw you got like some prizes and tickets. And I got prizes. Yeah. I got tickets. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I had them ratchet up the uh, speed of the go-kart faster than everybody else is on, on, the cor- on the course. They do that for you? Yeah. They Like me and the people out there with them, like, can you, can you put, you know, can you turn this up a little Let bit? Let me get this up to 150 cc. Yo, put this up there, yo. Yeah. Look at me. Give me, give me that Batman. Look at t- me. Give me that Batman tumbler. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. So I was like screeching around the corners. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. And um, then we went to go see Sully. That was, I was good. Sully. Sully was good. Uh-huh. Um, went to the arcade, the barcade. Mm-hmm. So it's like a bar and an arcade. So old school, go in, put some dollars in the machine, get out tokens, just yeah. throwing tokens down. Yeah. Like a retro fun birthday that's awesome it was man. fun that's just like the old days like all yes. i ever wanted to do was have my friends come over eat hot dogs mac and cheese 
Wait. And go to the arcade. Hold on a second. That's what I wanted. Wait a second. Hot dogs. How do you have that combination? <laughs> I thought you were going to like pizza. No. I thought you were going to say no. hot dogs. You know, chips. No. It was, it was hot dogs. Hot dogs. French fries. Hot dogs on potato bun. Like the potato bread. Okay. Macaroni and cheese. Love it. And then I want to go to the arcade. And my birthday's in January. I'm with you on hot dogs. I'm, my birthday's in January. I'm with so you usually, on here's what how this would shake out. I Talk have, to me. I have big ambitions okay. for my birthday. And I'd be like, we have hot dogs, we have mac and cheese for sure. And we will go to the arcade afterward. Here's how this would shake out. Mm-hmm. It would snow. No one could come. <laughs> Adam eats hot dogs by himself. It cries. Happy birthday, Adam. There's no cake. There's no ice cream. All there is is hot dogs and mac and cheese. <laughs> That's all I ever had. <laughs> you little gremlin. All I yeah. ever had. That's all I ever had. So it stayed with me throughout the years. Well, I'm glad you had a good one. I'm glad you had did. A, yeah. an enjoyable birthday. How was your weekend? It was nice. Uh, it was. It, it's good to um, just do nothing for a little bit. It's been busy around here. Mm-hmm. I'm staying busy. And when the weekend comes around, all I want to do is sit on my couch and play Fallout. I've been playing a lot of Fallout 4, mm-hmm. which I have been playing since Christmas, I think. Okay. I got it around Christmas. I haven't Did you done... beat Uncharted yet? Finished Uncharted okay. 4. Because people want to know. I finished Uncharted 4 this past Monday. Wow. Incredible. Yes. Unbelievable. Yes. I, I mean, I, 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 there's nothing that I can say... In, I don't want to get close to a spoiler. Don't. Do I, it. I won't even get close to it. I just don't I was, ever disrespect the. I was blown away. Okay. And the thing that I kept thinking is, if I don't play, have you played, have you played a movie. Last of Us? Uh, I have it, but I haven't finished it. Yeah. I still, that's one of those games I started and then just got like went off doing something and never came back to. Yeah. But it's one of those things that whenever anybody mentions it, I'm like, ah, yeah, I got to go back to that. Okay, so same studio, Naughty Dog, did uh-huh. Last of Us in the Uncharted series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I couldn't help but wonder, is this in the same universe? Hmm. With, is Nathan Drake going to be like, whew, finally got out of that adventure. And then suddenly everybody turns into like a mushroom head zombie. Huh. And then Last of Us happens because that would be a very, hey. very disappointing end. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you have not played Last of Us, listeners, play Last of Us. Octavius, you need to finish that game. Okay. The ending of that game. Don't tell me anything else. Pulled my guts out. Don't tell me about just your guts right out. ending relationship I'm to just anything saying. ending. Okay. I don't want to know anything about your guts and something ending because that's too much information already. Okay. okay. Um, my lips right? are sealed. My detective skills my have already sealed. started putting things together. <laughs> and I can't stop them. Yeah. Okay. They start getting out of control. I can't rein them back in. Well, now that I figured out the plot by myself in my brain, no <laughs> point in going back to the game. Yeah, might as well write the sequel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do hey. you want Do you want an Uncharted movie? Because that's what they're talking no. about. No. Leave it alone. Wait, the, I know there's talk about Uncharted getting movie treatment, mm-hmm. but the game is so much like a movie already. Yes. And I mean like, I feel like I watched so already. much like a movie. Yeah. It's an interactive film. It, to make a movie would just be a worse version of Uncharted because mm. Uncharted is perfect because it's Long. cinema level, incredible experience, yes, incredible drama, incredible adventure. The characters are great, but it's interactive. It's a video yeah. game, so you get to be a part of it. Yeah. And if they make it a movie, well, they take that second part out. No, yeah. I, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. Leave it be. Okay. Leave, leave it be. Leave it. And All do right. not put steel girders in the sand. Don't you dare. Don't. In an X formation. Oh my God, don't, don't do, do it. First of all, it wouldn't make sense in Uncharted. Yeah. But Second just of all, bottom line, yeah. don't do that. I agree. In any type of scenario where you think it makes sense, yeah. we're here to tell you it does not make sense. This is a, this is a, a comic book Junto PSA. Yes. Uh, and we're just saying, every once in a while, I feel like we spit out 
Trillium. Yes. Uh, which we need to revisit from time right. to time. Yeah. We just True have good, powerful real. insight that we want to share with everybody. Right. Don't make a, a steel girder X on the ground. You, you're going to look like a clown. Please don't do it. Don't do it. Doesn't, doesn't, no, don't do that. All right. So yeah. thank you for guys for tuning in. Just want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by Bear Fruit. Bear Fruit is a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand you can learn more about by going to barefruit.com. That's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Check out the store. Grab some merchandise um, and all of that good stuff. Uh-huh. If you want to tweet along while you're listening to the podcast or if you're watching us on Periscope right now and you want to tweet along while you're listening to us on Periscope, what is your Twitter, Adam? Uh, you can hit me up at Adam Teteris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. And mine is Octavius A. Newman, at O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. And the show's Twitter is at Comic Book Junto. That's Comic Book J-U-N-T-O. Oh, hold up. Yes. Do not message me about Superman Returns. Everybody just stop. <laughs> everybody just stop. getting crazy? I'm getting messages from people who, look, th- for everybody who agrees with me that Superman Returns was uh-huh. not that bad, that's the highest compliment I'll get. You guys, it's not, that, it's bad. not that bad. Okay. Uh, the high part for, was okay. For all of you, this is for everybody else. Uh-huh. All of you who are saying, the millions what, and millions. And the millions. Well, everybody who's tweeting at me and saying, what are you thinking? Yeah. Saying that you enjoyed that movie. I, I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm just, I'm thinking <laughs> with my heart. This right. Is this emotional? Okay. Yeah. It's, Stop it. Superman returns. Don't take this joy away from me. It's no. Did you see the part with the, the bullet and the eyeball? We keep talking about I'm the saying? same part of the movie. That's what I, that's there's what, more to the movie than that. That's what I remember. That was a cool part. We saw that in the trailer. That's what I remember. We saw that. That's what I remember. <laughs> Did you see the movie? I, I remember. Part, I remember that one remember part. part where he, yeah. That was definitely in the trailer. Hit him in the eye. <laughs> that was like the whole, like, the whole trailer was like leading up to the, and here comes the part. And yeah. that part was dope. It was good. It really showed like, wow, this guy is bulletproof. Yeah. You know, he can shoot him in the eye and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. It's a strong eyeball. When, when Luke Cage, is Luke Cage, does he have bulletproof eyeballs? Uh, I guess we're going to find out. September we're going to find out on September 30th. We're going to see what's up. Hey, everybody take the Twitter and use the hashtag. Does Luke Cage have bulletproof eyeballs? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, like we're listening to this podcast, like part one. We're listening to this podcast <laughs> called Comic Junto, and this guy named Adam Tedris loves Superman Returns, part two. Anyway, is Luke K's eyeballs bulletproof? <laughs> 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 Their guys are like, what? Huh? What are you talking about right now? That was the, that's actually the real reason that we got denied for a panel at Comic right. uh, Con. What are your thoughts on Luke Cage's eyeballs? That was the panel. Well, obviously, bulletproof. Have you seen Superman Returns? Oh, no, we can't. <laughs> oh, no. We can't have these people anywhere no, near. No, yeah, no. As a matter of fact, your ticket is revoked, Matter sir. of fact, did you get a ticket oh, for Saturday? Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, we should move on to some, uh, some, some relevant, important news. Yes, important stuff. Yeah. Uh, the the first story that we we're gonna run through for the day something that you shared with me mm-hmm. that I need you to explain to me. There's an online petition, and that online petition is uh, for an upcoming Disney movie. I guess um, Mulan, yes, is getting the live action treatment, mm-hmm. and there's a petition to prevent it from being whitewashed. Yes. Preemptively. Yes. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. But people are afraid? Yes. All right, walk me through this. So basically what's going on is there is someone who heard that there was going to be a Mulan movie that's coming out. Yeah. So they create a petition that basically says, please do not whitewash 
this movie. Yeah. And that petition is already gathering steam. Mm -hmm. And you might be like, well, this is a preemptive like situation. Mm -hmm. So you're jumping the gun. There's no reason for you to do that. Well, the whole reason why the person is doing it is because it's not preemptive to them. This is actually reactionary mm -hmm. going, look at great wall. Yeah. Look at, Several other examples. What's, what's the other movie we were just talking about with Sarah, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson? Oh, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. You know, look at Tilda Swinton on Doctor, um, Strange. Doctor Strange. Like, we're seeing a pattern here of, like, this is traditionally Asian. All right, white person. Yeah. Okay, white person. Yeah. Okay, white person. So, it's not crazy for me to go, look, I don't know if this is the way you're going, but let me just say now, if you're trying to make this, because I can understand, once the decisions have been made, contracts have been signed, money's exchanged hands, yeah. you can do all the protesting you want. Like, yeah, but, but it's, it's too late. Right. Because yeah. even if they were going to go, ah, man, we never really actually looked at it like that. Great point. It's kind of too late now. Yeah. Because, you know, money's in the bank. The hay's in the barn, as it, they do, say. do you think this petition will change minds i mean but okay first of all we have no idea what anyone's intention is no idea flat out mm -hmm. so this is legit only on the basis like you said it's reacting to something that unfortunately we've seen a lot right uh we, and we've seen a lot of frequently created by natalie molnar yeah uh who i mean i'm not sure what her uh relationship to Walt Disney films is. I think she's just a, a viewer who's concerned. Well, all I know is the petition, well, whatever her relationship is, her petition is like from what I'm looking at. This article says 88,000 supporters and needs only 91 two. right now. 91. Okay. Yeah. So they, they got what they need to reach the goal to be taken, you know, no, whatever they, that threshold they, so is. So here's why I asked though, because I'm looking at the, the petition site and they, they're asking for a goal of 95,000 mm -hmm. and they have 91,370. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what does 95,000 mean? At what point in time would someone pay attention to this? Yeah. This came through the, the wire for us. We're covering it in our news segment. Yeah. It's on different uh, blogs and websites. So it, clearly, it must have some sort of, um, I guess, amplified spread through the internet. Mm -hmm. So I assume it's going to reach somebody who works at Disney, somebody who's going to work at well, Disney. Well, you got to believe that people who already work who work at Disney have seen this. Yeah, I, you I know, imagine. That's someone's job. That is somebody's yeah. job who works at Disney or works for a company who has been hired by Disney to handle their social media or got Google alerts on yeah. Disney or Google alerts on you know, somebody knows who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody. There's no way that the important people at Disney who are working on Mulan are like, oh I didn't oh, I didn't know. Well but never, will it make a difference? Will well Here's the thing, and I thought this was a great point from the article I'm reading. Uh. Disney has a history of not whitewashing in like their um, in certain movies recently. Okay. Like uh, the the person the they the kid they cast as the main character in Jungle Book. Uh huh. Um, they were not white. Um, the voice for the new movie with The Rock and other young girl. Oh, uh, Moana. Right. Yeah. So the voice. I think, the I voice think they actually have are people uh, of color. someone of Hawaiian descent. Yeah. Because it's about, I, I, I believe it's about like Hawaiian or Samoan culture. And also they got Lupita in, junk, in uh, junk, uh, Jungle Book. I don't know. I haven't seen Jungle Book. Well, I'm just talking. Well, basically they've casted characters of color recently. Ryan Potter movies. did the voice of the main character in Big Hero 6. Yes. And Ryan Potter is yes. uh, Japanese-American. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
there's there's a conversation on both sides and i think it's fair to be able to go hey look well you know like there's stuff that disney has been doing with these properties that is worth talking about and at the same time that doesn't somehow take the conversation away to be able yeah. to go everything's okay what are you talking about yeah. so i think that it's fair i think that if you have a voice and you can be able to get people together to communicate a message that you want people to hear you know voices are louder in numbers. Yeah. If you're one person going, I think, and you're shooting your tweets out, that's one thing. But if you got a hundred plus thousand people who are going, we agree. Yeah. At the end of the day, you would hope they want to give people what they want to see. And it's funny because when I, I found out about this story, mm -hmm. my initial reaction was like, what? Come on. Mm -hmm. it, the movie, I didn't even know this movie was coming out. Right. What has been announced? What What's happening here? Slow down. And then I thought, it's the, the movie is Mulan. So how the hell would they ever whitewash it? There's Ghost just no the way. And then that's exactly where I went. Then I thought, oh, well, hold up. Yeah. Then I thought the main character in Ghost in the Shell is Major Kusanagi. Yeah. Major Kusanagi. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. So how did we get? I went through this complex, like obstacle course of there's no way they're going to do this to. Yeah, but they do already. They do so, it all the time. Uh, okay. Yeah, I understand what's happening here. Great wall. Of China. I'm happy. Oh, geez. Matt Damon. I'm, I'm happy that people feel inspired to take action before this stuff happens, mm -hmm. but it's just so messed up that this is even a legitimate thing. And it is a legitimate thing. Yeah. It's just so messed up that we even have to be here right now. Yeah. Well, oh. I mean, I think that that's, it's a good thing that we're able to actually recognize that we don't have to sit back and wait for permission to be able good to... Good point. To say, is is it okay if I express myself? Like, you know, this this um this woman, I believe, Natalie, has taken it upon herself and said, Look, I'm gonna make my voice heard. Yeah. And if anybody else agrees with me, then I'm gonna make it available to you. Cause if there's a me out there, there's probably more people out there who like who feel like me. Yeah. You know, so it makes sense. Well, Go get them, Natalie. It, it, I don't know what you actually need in terms of signatures, but if you need ninety five thousand, I'll sign it. I agree. I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen all of Mulan, but I definitely don't want it whitewashed. Yeah. Yeah. End of story. There's a there's enough. There yeah. there is there are enough stories where there are white people in the lead roles that make sense that we don't need to then come around and go, well, let's make the Asian people white too. Okay, that is a perfect segue to talk about an upcoming film. About a white male protagonist. Yeah. Okay. Because we, we don't get enough of those, I feel like. You don't think so? I just feel like... I feel like there's something missing. I don't know what it is. I just feel like there's something about the plight of the white heterosexual male. Especially rich ones. Especially, especially the, rich old Especially ones. the wealthy, older, white, heterosexual men. That we really need to tell the uh -huh, story uh -huh. that hasn't been told before. Well, look. So here's what we got Bold news on. from Fox Studios. What'd they say? They bought the rights to the story... Tell of me. the life of Stan the Man Lee. <laughs> so, Stan this, Lee. This, it's only the beginning of the interesting. Elements. Go ahead. Tell me the rest of it. The, Fox is going to make a movie about Stan Lee's life. Uh huh. And you might be thinking, well, hold up. That sounds cool. I was thinking, this dude's still alive, though. Yeah. So, like, that's interesting. So, maybe my understanding gonna... is Stan is going to be in the movie. I don't know if he stars in the movie. Okay. But then I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting. He right. stars in the movie about himself. Uh -huh. Here we go. And then. It gets a little twisty 
It's an action adventure movie. Now you've done too much. Okay. So now you've done too much. It's going to take place in the 1970s. And Fox, someone wants to make this movie about Stan Lee Wait. making his moves in the industry. And it's an action adventure movie. I didn't know it was taking place in the 1970s. Yeah. And they want it to be along the lines of like Kingsman, The Secret Service, or James Bond. But it's about Stan Excelsior. Are we basically <laughs> about to take Stanley, who's already old, <laughs> have him play in something that took place in the 1970s before either one of us were alive. Yeah. And we want the 2016 version of Stanley to play the 1970 version of Stanley. I uh, and put that would action be, adventure. That would be fascinating. If, if that sounds like Buckaroo Banzai kind of craziness. I'm here's the thing. You cannot deny that there is no one who has been in more Marvel action adventure movies than Stan Lee. He's been. He said he's even willing to do DC ones. Now. That's yeah. He said he's going to do cameos. Hey, if you got the check, if you go cut the check, I'll slide in there and yeah. crack a joke and roll out. Stan Lee has been a cameo in twenty eight Marvel movies. Twenty eight. Yeah. All right. So no one's really more experienced or cut out. Okay. For an action flick. But do we need an action adventure movie I don't, from Stanley? I'm interested because this sounds so insane. But I'll, the thing that really gets me more than anything else is one of the last lines in this story from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh -huh. And it says, no writer has been hired. <laughs> no writer has been hired to flesh out the story. I bet they haven't. So Because <laughs> the writers are probably like, you mean right? What, what are you talking about? So what I imagine so is wait, happening. So wait, y'all sign the paperwork. What I imagine is sign happening. Sign the deal. You have no script. <laughs> Stanley, no story. Stan you have Lee. a loose idea that you probably came up with when you were under the influence of something. Stan, I, I picture Stan, Stan was like going himself, like showing up to pitch this idea about his life. He's like, I want to make a movie. Okay, okay Stan, talk. Okay. Uh, I, I want to make a movie and it's about my life. I'm like, all right. And I want it to be kind of like, I'm James Bond, except it's me trying to write the great American novel. But I'm James Bond. And it's in the 70s. And people are like, Stan, here's the thing. You've lost your damn mind. You're, you're literally crazy. But we can spin this. We're going to do it. We're going <laughs> to do we it. We can spin this. I'm gonna People see love you. People line up to take pictures with the guy and pay for it. Yeah. Pay him to take pictures. I want to see this film. I have no idea. I mean, it's like the craziest thing I've I'll ever take heard. a look at it. You know, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Speaking of films. Have you ever seen The Toxic Avenger? <laughs> yeah. The original trauma. No, the, the trauma movie. What's trauma mean? Trauma is the production studio, is the is the studio that made okay. that movie. And trauma is known to make the most nasty, weird, violent, gory, pornographic, gross out movies. Like their their claim to fame is trauma will make anything. And it just all looks like trash. And there's a certain type of person who just loves, worships trauma movies. Yo. And I understand. I, I watched, I'm not yucking any yums out here. I might be. I watched Toxic... <laughs> look, I watched The Toxic Avenger when mm. I was a kid. Because, you know, yeah. you watch everything. I'm with like, you. Like, cartoon-wise and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Have you watched it since you've been an adult? The last time I watched The Toxic Avenger, I was, I want to say, 20 years old. Okay. And I had found my PSP. 
I had a PlayStation Portable, uh-huh. and I found a UMD. Do you remember the PSP had its own kind of cartridge joints? I didn't have a PSP. Okay, so it had like a disc that was inside of a plastic shell. So it was a disc and a cartridge. Okay. And uh, it was their Sony's proprietary thing. It was, mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. They're trying stuff. Yeah. And I had Toxic Avenger on UMD mm-hmm. for the PSP, and I watched that joint on that tiny screen. On the handheld. And I was like, I don't remember this being disgusting. So gross. I saw it on, I think it was Netflix. Yeah. I was like, what was I watching as a child? Like, I remember watching this yeah. with my mother in the same no, building. No, really? And she was in the house with me. <laughs> and I'm like, like, my mom must not have been in the room I was in. It had that famous scene where the people are like, they, they run they over the kid kids over and smash his and head. for points? Yeah. So They're like, ah, oh, 20 points for a kid. Yeah. They, like, so anyway. They're all, it was like the satire of jocks versus nerds, and then yeah. the nerd turns into the Toxic Avenger. There was something about the so Toxic ridiculous. Avenger that I loved. And I remember loving, I had the action figures, and I played the I had, Sega I game. Did, I did, too. And that's when it occurred to me, when I was a kid... Toxic Crusaders was a cartoon, and that was for children. Yeah. How did this get greenlit? How did they adapt? Did we start with the so, movie? Yeah, movie, to, movie then, first. Okay. Well, then they, they said, we can make some money off of this. Yeah. Let's twist it. Yeah. And they've said that again. Yeah. Because they have decided that they are going to do a remake That's of right. to- the Toxic Avenger. And the remake is being done by Conrad Vernon, who just worked on Sausage Party. Now, have you seen Sausage Party? I have not yet. Yo. I have not yet. And I've heard it was surprisingly quality. It like, was really it was good. Supr- it was good, but it also was raunchy as I don't know what. Yeah. So if the same people working on Sausage Party are working on the Toxic Avenger, I can imagine what they can do Yeah, in order to bring this together. Well, what are your thoughts? You know, I'm, I'm good with this because I, I don't know why. I cannot explain to, me, to, to myself why I like the Toxic Avenger. I just remember liking it. I remember even liking when, it too. Yeah, even when I rewatched it and thought, this is horrible. I still, in my brain, I still register as, this, as something that I like. Well, you so liked I it like, when you watched it when you were 20 or you were like, man, I remember I liked this. I think it was more of a man, I remember I liked this. It's, but conceptually, for some reason, I like Toxic Avenger, the idea of Toxic Avenger. The movie is freaking so weird. Terrible. Yo, and there is like, it's it just straight porn in that movie. Like, uh, there's a lot of sex and nudity and in Toxic it was, Avenger. It, it's not something that your kids should be. No, watching. no. So, in my brain, I'm thinking maybe this just needs to be reinvented by a person who's going to bring it into this time. They're going to make it, they're just going to, they're just going to make it. You know, raunchy rated R for our. For, it's probably gonna be. It's probably gonna. <laughs> let me say it this way. It's probably gonna be better slash worse. Yeah. Better in the sense that it will be a better execution. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it'll look better. The scenes will flow better. The story will be told better. Yeah. But it'll be worse because the technology and the money behind it will be greater. Yeah. So they'll be able to execute these ideas in a more clever way, which so, I'm okay with. I, I so, like. I feel like that could be good. It so could it, be. It, good. it could be good because if you look at Sausage Party and you see what they do at Sausage Party, you're like, man, like, yeah. wow, this is this is really clever. The stuff that you guys are doing, and at the end of the day, the story behind Sausage Party is actually kind of deep. 
Like yeah. what they're trying to say in their and like the commentary on God and religion and you know race race racial tension and all that kind of stuff. They did a lot. They did a good job of commenting a lot of things in comedy, but then also like slapping you directly across the face with raunchy scenes. Like whoa, whoa, yeah, 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 whoa! Yeah, yeah. What am I? What am I actually looking at right now? So uh, it it should be interesting. I, I, what I do remember is. There were, I think, four or five Toxic Avenger movies, maybe more than that. Lloyd Kaufman, the, the guy responsible for Troma, made a lot of these movies. And I'm pretty sure in Citizen, in what was it? It was Toxic Avenger 4. It was called Citizen Toxie. And there's something about him like running for president. Man, I don't know. Yeah. So look, they got a well of ideas. Do a you, deep, deep you well. do? No, no, no. They do. They do. And I, I think, I don't know why. I cannot justify this feeling. And you know how I am with movies. All the ones that I like are perfect. But I think this wait, is a good thing. Wait, hold on. What are we talking about right now? Yeah, you heard me. Let's just move on from that statement in general. Let's just register that as a fact. That all of the films that I like are exquisite pieces of artwork. Uh, anyway, what's our next so story? So we're just going to act like... <laughs> you didn't just spend a whole episode last week talking about Super, Superman Returns? No, nah, I don't remember that. Let me just check my Twitter timeline. Oh, I do remember that now, actually. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I got all these I got these people crowding around my timeline telling me that I'm wrong. You don't know me. You might be wrong. <laughs> you, know? you know? Yeah. So, anyway. All right. So, let's go on to Wolverine 3. Yeah. So, um, Wolverine 3 has got a little bit of information. First of all, uh, the director, James Mangold, says that we have some footage that should be coming out soon. Okay. Somebody on Twitter asked and said, hey, look, are we expecting to see anything? And they're like, look, we're in the editing room all the time. We're constantly working on it. That's what the goal is, to get you something very soon. I don't know what very soon means. I don't know. But we did get a little bit of news about what we can be expecting in the movie. Um, So... Apparently, the what was the X Men movie just came out? X Men Apocalypse just came out on DVD, Blu Ray, and all that. X Men Avenues. Yeah, yeah, not a, not a fan of the movie. No, it's you very can listen bad. to our one shot if you want to hear our full thoughts on it. Trash truck juice. Yes, um, and don't you ever take two metal girders? No, don't do it. And cross them in the ground. Literally, never a good. Don't piece. do that. No. All right, um, but. While you're listening to like the director's commentary and all that kind of stuff, he uh, the director. Um, Brian Singer says that the, the spoilers, 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 mm-hmm. spoilers. If you haven't seen X Men Ivan Ooze, aka X Men Apocalypse, fast forward real quick. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene at the end of the movie where it talks about um, uh, Simon Kinberg. Mm-hmm. Right. So Simon Kinberg and Brian Singer says that that is actually confirmation that. Sinister, Mr. Sinister's that was setting up Mr. Sinister for the X Men, I mean, Wolverine 3 movie. Yeah, so Mr. Sinister is going to be the villain. ultimate baddie. He's, yeah. the, he's the, the, the villain in Wolverine, which is interesting because for me, Mr. Sinister is a big time X Men villain, mm-hmm. and they're going to save him for just a Wolverine movie. And I'm also starting to think, is it going to be Old Man Logan? Because, I mean, like, Mr. Sinister was nowhere near Old Man Logan. Was it? I don't believe His, Old Man Logan was I mean the whole joint was Mr. The uh, Bad Guys uh, Win. Uh the uh Bruce Banner. Yeah. 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 And the, the Red Skull. Red Skull yeah. and the the Hulk Hulk family. Yeah, so I don't know. Um it, this is interesting because this is surprising news to me. I would well, not have expected Sinister to show up in Wolverine. We'll see what they spin together. What are your thoughts on that? Ultimately. I, 
it, it, this is according to Brian Singer, right? Yeah. And the last seems thing, like a re- reputable source, right? He's he's reputable in terms of he is telling us information that is probably factual about the movie coming why out. Why would he not? Why would they? Somebody's got to be watching, listening, reading the, all this stuff. So that I doubt that it slipped by people who made the Blu-ray and were like, "Oh my gosh, you said what?" Yeah. All I know is Brian Singer, you you burned me in Apocalypse, just like the Phoenix itself. You burned me. Hmm. And now I just don't care. And like I'm 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 curious about Wolverine 3 because this is a, a different thing entirely. And the, is it it's going to be rated R, is it not? Yeah. And it's got all that going for it. It's got some interesting things coming up for it, but I don't know. Now it just coming from Brian Singer as a source. Like I don't know. Don't bother me, Brian. Wow. You, you just you you served me trash. Apocalypse was trash. It was not a good movie. Yeah. So I'm, I must agree. I'm just in that mode where I say, if I if this was an email, Brian Singer, he says, hey, Mr. Sinister, Sam Wolverine, I'll just delete that email. Let's see it. No. No, thank you. That, that's some, those are some extreme feelings right there. However, however, Brian Singer is responsible for Superman Returns. Excellent film. Very good. No. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. All right. So let's go into. Uh, if I say that enough times, eventually it's just going to register as correct. You think it's just going to like by osmosis, it's just going to wash over me enough times, and eventually I'll be like, you know what? There's only one way to find out. You're, <laughs> you were right. This is like the this is the Winter Soldier code. You know, it's like right. say it enough times, just keep you just saying it, and one day, gang. <laughs> wow, it was a good movie. I'll know when you're like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? Yeah, what do you want to watch? Superman Returns. I'm like, oh my god, it worked. It worked. It worked. Did I just make cool monster? <laughs> Did I figure out? Wow, that's how I make cool monster. Did I okay. figure out how to do it. That's a code word, right? Okay, so uh, CM Punk. CM Punk is a former pro wrestler, yeah, and a writer for the comic Drax, yeah, Marvel writer. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided that he wanted to fight in the UFC. Uh, reasonable. Who doesn't have a decision like that every now and then? Uh. Many people, <laughs> lots of people. This is on a, a long list of things that I will never choose. Hey, I I will tell you this: like when I heard that CM Punk wanted to fight in the UFC, mm. first thing I thought was, "Y'all can play around if you want. Mm. You <laughs> you can think it's sweet if you want." Well, you're saying it, this is it. Them boys are not sweet. It is not a game. The no. UFC, they are a like it's animals. Yeah, there it's not a game. So, so he just had a fight, and he took an L, a big one. Did you watch the fight? Yes. What was it like? It was like exactly. Okay, so let me give you a little from where I'm coming from. Uh huh. I have done martial arts since I was a child. Uh huh. Okay. Taekwondo, Aikido, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, wrestling in high school, college, boxing, mixed martial arts in general. Uh-huh. Like, I, I've done martial arts. Mm-hmm. I remember what, remember how I always tell you, I got to see him move. Yeah. I want to see him move. I got to see him move. Yeah, when we talk about yeah. uh, seeing the costume for yeah. a character in a movie. And that comes from years of doing combative arts. Yeah. You know, you see how a person moves. You see how they respond. You can tell, like, when someone hits somebody and you hear that, you're like, ooh, that looked like it hurt because you've been hit before. Yeah. I saw CM Punk training, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm-mm. Not happening? Nah, he doesn't look 
he did not look good. When he was training, I was like, he doesn't look... Like, I've seen guys like CM Punk. There's no disrespect to CM Punk because he went, he did it the right way. He said, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to go train for two years. And after he trained, I'm going to take a fight. And I'm not saying he can't do mixed martial arts. I'm not saying he can't be a fighter. But my dude, you don't train two years yeah. in a sport you've never participated in and then go to the Olympics yeah, okay. of the sport. I see what you're saying. Like, the, you, 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 like every other fighter, what you do is you take a few small fights and you build and build and build. Yeah. How many fighters who at 30-some years old said, you know what? I'm going to do mixed martial arts. And then two years later is fighting in the UFC. Name me another person. Yeah. he's. I'm a writer for, for Marvel and I'm a really good athlete, but I'm close to 40 and I'm going to just decide to be a mixed martial artist. Yeah. He well, got I mean, what I expected. Do, do, you, do you reward him anything for deciding to pursue a dream? Oh, it clearly I think, it was important to him to do this. I think that there's something to say about going, you know what? My wife, my wife always tells me, Octavius, you think you can do anything. <laughs> that's part of the problem. You think you can get somewhere in 15 minutes that's 30 minutes away. Uh-huh. You think that the cars are just going to align and you, you'll just figure it out. Yeah. That's why things work for you sometimes. And I'm like, man, how did you do that? Yeah. And that's why other times I'm like, this dude is always late. You yeah. know, like it's both. Yeah. So I get it in both ways. But at the same time, my wife has legitimate criticism, which goes, you're always late. Yeah. Leave with enough time, you know, like be realistic. Sure. So there's something to go, man. You went for it. But there's something about respecting the sport that you're participating in. And the guy who fought him said, I wanted to make an example of him. I wanted, oh. I wanted to make an example of him for the guys who have been fighting and training for a decade, decade, decades. Yeah. Like you don't come over here from pro wrestling which is not real spoilers internet it's not real well hold on hold the phone it's real choreographed let's let's just kind of qualify that because you and i have real experience Mm -hmm. learning how to be pro wrestlers yes and it is real physicality is real it really hurts yeah so it's real effort but it is physical stage combat Yes. It's, it's it's physical improv. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is not a competition. It is not it a is, sport. It is not combat. Yeah. yeah. That's the that's the plainest way I will put it. Yeah. So it is real, but it is not well, a on. sport. Let's clarify it's, what it is real. Yeah. What, what is real about it? They are real human beings. They are really taking bumps. Big risks. They are really taking risks. Yeah. They are not... In combat. Yeah, and an important, and I think this is actually really significant, something that maybe not a lot of people articulate. In pro wrestling, what I have learned from my time training to be a pro wrestler, because mm-hmm. that's legitimately something that I pursued mm-hmm. for several months mm-hmm. and then decided, nah, I like my body though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to need to hold on to these kidneys. <laughs> you, yeah, know yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I, uh, need them drunk. I, what I, what I learned, the biggest difference that I, I never, maybe I always knew, but I never articulated is in pro wrestling, the performers are working together to make everything look amazing yes. and to minimize risk in ways, whatever way they can. Uh-huh. I want you to look amazing. I want me to look amazing. You and I are going to work together yeah. to do that. Yeah. That is literally the opposite of the competition 
That is UFC. That is literally the, I'm trying the to opposite of kick your ass against your will. Yeah, exactly. I am trying to hurt you against your will. Yeah. You're exactly. trying to hurt me against my will. Yep. Which is completely different than we have choreographed improv, which is the way you put it, which I, I like. It's yeah. like, because, you know, when you see Jason Statham, you know, there's no doubt that that dude is an amazing athlete. There's no doubt that he has knowledge of martial arts. But I always go back to this, and this is an old conversation I had years. Uh-huh. I would be talking about UFC. I've been watching UFC since 1994. That's impressive. UFC, UFC, UFC. I'm, oh, I love it. Da, 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 da. Man, Bruce Lee would kill those guys. And I would look at them and go, it's I'm, not, that, I'm, that's I'm not sorry, the what? same thing. Man, Bruce Lee was the greatest martial artist ever lived. And I would be like, that's, that's extremely offensive. Like, yeah. Bruce Lee was a martial artist, but at the end of the day, he was an actor. Yeah. So, sorry to smash your dreams, internet. Bruce Lee was not the greatest fighter ever. I don't think he would even claim that. No. He was an extremely great martial artist. He was very wise. He's very tactical. If you read the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, he mm-hmm. had a lot of knowledge. But I remember watching an interview with Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. And Chuck, you know, Chuck Norris jokes about all that. Chuck yeah, Norris, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, yeah. um, Chuck, when Chuck Norris takes a sour, Chuck Norris doesn't get wet. The water gets Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Chuck Norris's tears cure cancer. It's just too bad he never cried. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's good. Um, so they were like, you know, he's like, oh, Bruce Lee was amazing. The interview was talking to him. And like, you know, oh, they were, you know, he was so great. He was amazing. He was so fast. He was so dynamic with the camera. And the, the interviewer goes, did you guys ever train? They're like, yeah, we would train every now and then. You know, we would like exchange ideas. Da, da, da. Did you guys ever fight? And he goes, he paused and looked at her like, what? What do you think this is? And then she goes, well, did you guys ever fight? He goes, no. Lady, I'm a professional fighter. Yeah. I don't know if you know, Chuck Norris was a fighter before he became an actor. So yeah. he was offended by the question like, no. Like, yeah. I'm a fighter. I'm not an actor first. Yeah. So in the same way, it's the same way looking at CM Punk. Like, well, yeah, bro. Like, these guys have been training since their teens. Mm-hmm. Some of them since babies. Mm-hmm. You've been training for two years and there's much respect to you, but like, what did you expect to happen? Yeah. Did, did, you, somebody, it, look, did somebody catch him with a Pokeball? No, they did not catch him with a Pokeball, but okay. they did catch him with a rear naked choke. Uh-oh. He did tap out, which is the respectful way to go. Uh-huh. And he seemed pretty broken up about the loss. And, you know, um, Dana White said he doesn't think his next fight should be in the UFC. That maybe his... He's, Dana White said a very key thing. The UFC is a very hard place to learn. Yeah. And I would have to agree. Mm-hmm. The Olympics of a thing... It's a very hard place to learn. It's the deep end. Yeah, like you don't want to throw a kid in the deep end and go, all right, Figure so let's out. let's learn how to tread water. Like yeah. you just killed him. Yeah. It's literally what you did with CM Punk. And even <laughs> if that's what he wanted, I kind of think like, you know, I think the UFC is kind of going a little bit for spectacle. Oh, oh, please. You know? I mean, it it is a sport, but it is entertainment. Yeah. And they want people. And it, CM Punk, to his credit, said, look, I did a thing that I said yeah. I was going to do. Yeah. The people who supported me, thanks. Yeah. If you didn't support me, you tuned in and you got what you wanted. I didn't want to see him get beat up, but I, got I, beat. I just felt like it was like, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, there are guys, there are guys, there are guys who have trained their whole lives that would be like, ah, I need, I don't know. I guess you know what I'm it, I think what it boils down to is something that you said earlier, which is you need to approach this with respect 
Mm-hmm. You can't just if you're gonna talk about UFC, you put some respect on it. Yeah, yeah. Or they, or they gonna <laughs> you gonna learn? CM Punk, are you finished? Are you done? You are done. You are done. But um, for someone to choose to do this thing and and go after it, yo, do you? But have expectations about what this is and have respect for the craft and the the athletes. Yeah, who have been training for decades yeah. in order to reach their their peak physicality. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a listener, you might be going like, what about Brock Lesnar? If you don't know Brock Lesnar. Um, Brock Lesnar is a little bit of a different situation. Brock Lesnar is a collegiate NCAA wrestling champion. Yeah. Brock Lesnar was a wrestler first. And then there's uh, like a, uh, a real true collegiate wrestler. He wrestled, you know, Stephen Neal, who went on to be, uh, I mean, I think an, an Olympian or at least an Olympic hopeful. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like th- Brock Lesnar was a legit wrestler. And if you know anything about MMA, a lot of our greatest fighters have first started out as wrestlers. Mm. You know what I mean? They come from some martial arts background. I believe wrestling is a martial art. Ken Sham- what about Ken Shamrock? Ken Shamrock was a mixed martial artist first yeah. before he was a wrestler. And That's when he right. decides... So, like, and Ken Shamrock, he was MMA first, and then he went into pro wrestling. Yes. And then he took himself out and went back to MMA. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the narrative is different. There's a different starting point there. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to CM Punk for trying it. Hey. But, you know, you can... Thank you for Drax. You can <laughs> you can imagine that there are a lot of... there are, And, you know, it's the nature of combative sports. These guys are gunning for you. You're fresh meat. Like, oh, you were... Because, I mean, I remember the first time I saw... I, we'll get off this topic. I remember the first time I saw Kimbo Slice on the cover of ESPN Kimbo magazine. Slice. I was offended. Yeah. I was offended because, you know... You know, much respect to Kimbo Slice. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to Kimbo Slice. However, comma, Kimbo Slice was not a great mar- mixed martial artist. Oh, he was all ego. He wasn't. He was all you know, ego. And, and I remember everybody going, you know, much love to him and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, when he got his shot, a lot of it was just like because of the spectacle that he created from the internet. Of course. Wasn't because he earned it. So I'm seeing this being a pattern that the UFC is doing. And I'm noticing that some of the fighters are starting to be like, yo, I've been here for like seven years. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar comes out of the UFC, comes out of the wrestling, gets a title shot, fails, you know, the, the steroid test. I'm sure that's Gets the money and then goes back. I'm sure that's CM Punk comes out of nowhere two years later, gets a fight. And I've been, you know what I mean? So... Hey, let's keep it on martial arts, shall we? Okay. Uh, you sent this video to me. Oh, yeah. Ryan Potter. Yes. We mentioned his name a little bit earlier. He was a uh, voice actor for Big, Big Hero, Hero 6. Six. Yeah. And, which is also uh, based on a Marvel property. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Potter put a video out online. Yeah. Of some martial arts showcase. Yes. Of him beating on some people yeah. and, and getting tossed around. Now, clarification. Choreography. 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 It wasn't like he wasn't in the cage. Nah, this is 100% choreography. Um, reminded me some like Power Rangers kind choreography of Choreography that he put together in three and a half hours. Yeah. You. No, it was impressive and it was yes. fun to watch. And at the end of this little piece that he put out online, he's a little, you know, he's, he's exhausted. He sits down in front of the camera and he says, hey, Ben, like Tim said, Batman needs a Robin. Hey. This guy is gunning for the role of Robin. Hey. He's going for t- Tim Drake. Hey. I I think that's a hell of a way to get somebody's attention. Hey, I mean, showing off showing off your skill set. What, did, what, did, what does Ben Affleck say when he sees this? 
That was fantastic. <laughs> Apathetic face. That was the most beautiful f- physical sequence. Why, why am I just seeing this? Incredible. Ben, do, do you like it? I don't. Do you, I just said it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Excuse me. Do you see the expression on my look, face? Look at me in the eyes. I'm amazed. Have you ever seen me so excited? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I just love I this. Moved by I it. think this is a really interesting attempt for someone to, to, to garner attention. Because we talked about the dude who wants to play, you know, Cable. Yeah. You know, and that's that's dope. But I think, I mean, look, man, go out there. Like, I think it's great because he took the initiative. He didn't wait and go, uh, can I have an audition? Uh, can, 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 please, can you give me, give me, give me? He didn't wait. He was like, look. I'm going to take and I'm going to do what I can do. Yeah. I'm going to give you what I've got and I'm going to utilize the resources I have to put something together amazing. Yeah. And look, if he did that in three and a half hours, I'm imagine what he could do with, you know, a whole team around him. I'm impressed. And I'm really impressed about that because that's the way I've done a lot of the things that I do creatively. I can relate to that. Like, man, I don't really know how to do this. But I'm going to take what I got and I'm going to take the resources I have and I'm going to try to make something of it. I think that's a level of intuition and inspiration that everyone should operate with. That I'm not going to sit on my hands. I'm just going to get up and and go for the thing that I want. Or just go, well, well, no, I I would, but... No, no excuses. Nobody came, nobody told me, nobody asked me. and well, Well, nobody picked me. And I get that. I get some of that, but at the same time, it's like, well, what have you done? JFDI, you know? What's that mean? Because the internet might not know what that means. Uh, I, I, that's one they really might not know what that, that means. That is, yeah, that is, that is an acronym that I don't think we have said before. I'm going to say it right now. If you got your children in the car. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Three, two, one. It's your fault. All right. Just fucking do it. JFDI. And that is the motto here in Indie Hall, where we are recording right now. We are independent operators. We are people who don't take no for an answer. We make things because we have to. And the only person who's going to stop you is yourself, JFDI. And I think uh, Ryan Potter making that video is a perfect example of it. What's the worst thing that happens? He just looks dope as hell. Right. Or, (laughs) Or now everybody in Geekdom's looking at him. Yeah. Everybody in the world's looking at and him. thinking guaranteed Ben Affleck has seen it. And now maybe if Ben doesn't pick him up or maybe if Zack Snyder doesn't pick him up, somebody else goes, yo, did you see that kid who was trying to get to play, to play Robin? Yo, then, he, he would be perfect <laughs> oh, no. for what we're doing. Oh, it just occurred to me what's going to happen. What's going to happen? They're going to reboot Spider-Man again. What? They're just going to be like, look at this kid. He's going to be a great Peter Parker. He's way better than Tom. Anyway, Robin. Tom, sorry. Thanks, bro. I really appreciate you doing these films. Wait a minute. I already signed, already signed contracts. I'm what about all the stuff that people liked in Civil War? Hey, did you see... Him with the stick. Have you ever? Have you ever? Have you ever Did seen you Ryan Men Potter in Black? With that stick. You ever seen Men in Black? Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forget the whole thing. <laughs> right. Dang. We just got another Spidey reboot. Nah, that's not gonna happen. Son of a gun. But somebody. The point is, I think if you do the thing, you put the thing out there. You know. Yeah. The opportunities come your way. You you put yourself in the game. Uh huh. You got to get yourself out there and put yourself in the game. I think that's something inspirational for him. So shout out to him. While we're talking about Robin and Tim Drake or Dick Grayson or, mm-hmm. you know, take your pick. Yeah. Uh, Batman. Let's talk about some Batman. Yes. We got a first look at Batman. The tactical suit. The tactical suit in the Justice League. We movie. almost missed this one because this one came out just before we hit record. Moments before. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've also seen some comparisons to another character in the DC universe, 
that Zack Snyder has worked with, mm-hmm. uh, Night Owl in the Watchmen movie. Yeah. Because, yo, if you haven't seen it yet, this Batman tactical suit looks, suit looks fantastic. The suit looks good. Suit like looks we're dope. talking the chest, the neck, the, the torso, neck down is is working. When we get to the chin, uh oh, and then we get to the cowl, uh oh, what's happening? What's going on? Oh, Why goggles. does your man got on shades? He's got the goggles. They look like. Why a- does he have on shades? The Batman Oakleys. Oh, it's it's a situation. He looks so damn much like Night Owl from the Watchmen movie. First so thing much. I thought when I saw that, I was like, that looks like that guy who was in that other movie. Yeah. Like I couldn't even nail it down. But I was like, who, who who's the what was that other movie that he the, There's a guy look just like him? Yeah. Isn't that? And I was like, oh, and this is from Zack Snyder's Twitter account. Yeah. I wonder if Zack sits back and he says, yo, that looks Awesome. I mean, but it looks familiar though. Like it doesn't look that bad because the no. rest, the rest of the suit looks dope. I don't like the way the ears are kind of pointed inward. Yeah, like hook, like like curving in. Yeah, but also I don't know what the purpose of this is. I don't know. Maybe he only wears it for a moment. I mean, yeah. what we're looking at right now is a still, right? Yeah. Maybe and this is not the first time Zack Snyder has showed us a peek at a Batman outfit in his movies, and yeah. people were like, "What is this?" Well, I like because his first Batman. Remember, costume. remember when Batman v Superman hadn't come out yet, and we got a couple of images of Batman wearing that trench coat. And his whole like uh, the the whole like military oh out- nightmare Batman uh, yeah 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 and when he's got the goggles uh, up yeah. on his head and yeah. people are like what is this and he's got the big duster well, if you, on if you know from the comics you know where that's supposed to be from yeah sure but yeah. this is not the first time that we get a peek in, and there's no motion like you said it's mm-hmm. not moving it's yeah. not moving and it just seems a little peculiar like what's yeah. what's happening here yeah I don't know I'm not feeling them goggles everything else neck down. Great. Yeah. Cowl, goggles, Oakleys. Ah. Yeah. But hey, we'll see. Uh huh. We'll see. We'll Batman, see tactical Batman, there's grace for you. There, Just take them Zach goggles. Snyder, <laughs> there's grace for you. We'll see what happens. All right. So you were asking me about this earlier. You were yeah. asking me about Mosaic. Yeah. So Mosaic is a new character that's coming out. Um, from Marvel. That's right. It's going to be um, part of the new Marvel Now. Is that correct? I believe that is true. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be written by Jeffrey Torn and artist. The illustrator is Carrie Randolph. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's it's he's he's an inhuman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he looks like he is in fact an inhuman. Um, and I want African, to. It looks Afri- African American. I'm trying to get a well. That's, that's I'm trying to get a handle player. on what he is and what he does. They, there's been a Basically, lot of build up. Like, he's able to inhabit like his powers that he's able to take over the 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 body of other people or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's. I think that's what I gathered so much. I didn't get a whole lot, but. I saw that there's a there's like some previews of the first issue that's coming out and some uh-huh. of the covers and some of that stuff. So I mean I'm I'm excited to see another person of color yeah. who is um, who's coming out. Here's a little quote from what the uh, writer is saying: People always ask for more diversity and strong characters of color, so that is what we aim to deliver. Added Randolph, this is the writer here, but the aspect uh, but the aspect 
But that aspect is just the outer layer. The more important thing is creating an interesting person that people will want to know more about month to month, specifically as it pertains to the mosaic, the subject matter just appeals to my sensibilities. I love science fiction. I love hip hop and I love sports. And this project has it all, uh, has all three of these in huge quantities. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, all I can possibly do is learn more about this character because I don't know very much about him right now. And so I'm into that. One of the things that I, I, I first took away from just looking at the character, the way that he's drawn and the character itself is he reminds me of uh, Mr. Miracle. Are you familiar with Mr. Miracle? Like the blue guy from the Watchmen? Uh, DC Universe, not Mr. Not Doc Manhattan. Okay. Uh, but DC, Mr. Miracle, there was a character named Shiloh Norman. And, uh, Shia LaBeouf? Not, not Shia LaBeouf. Not, okay. that, not that Shiloh. Was he a Shiloh? Shiloh. He's Shia. Shia. Oh, Shiloh. No. Sia? The one with the... Who's... What's it? Maddie? Sh who's that? Moving on. Timmy Turner? Yes. Um, Shiloh Norman is Mr. Miracle. Mm -hmm. And he, I remember reading the Seven Soldiers comics, uh, DC Seven Soldiers, that were written by Grant Morrison. And there's something that just... I, I can't put my finger on it, but something about Mosaic really, really reminds me of Mr. Miracle in the seven soldiers. And I wonder if there's any kind of influence, you know, sometimes you see comic book characters and you're like, yo, that guy reminds me of so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's intentional parody or, um, you know, Nighthawk is clearly like Batman in the Marvel universe, that kind of situation. Um, I wonder if there's any similarity in there whatsoever, but I need to learn more about mosaic. I'm interested. Know. All I know, all I see here is that, um, he's gained the ability to inhabit the body of anyone he chooses. Which is kind of like Dead Man in the DC universe. I don't really know what that means, but I'm willing to pick it up to give it a chance. Yeah. You know, a new character of color. I definitely want to dig into it to see see what it's about. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm excited to see it. Um, it looks like the, the writer and the illustrator are both people, men of color as well. I'm into it. And this is coming to us October 12th. October 12th, uh, which is a perfect opportunity for us to segue into the best news, which is we have a trailer for Shin Godzilla. Wait, there's one other thing before that. What? There's what? Yeah. Stop the presses. There's one other thing before But what that. about my perfect segue? Well, I'm not going to get that there's twice. There's a segue. You are actually. Oh, there's no. a segue into a segue. Loop it up. Okay. Give me the alley -oop. So we talked about Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Yeah. Right? Mm. The new Batman 66, Adam West, and all of the old, like a bunch of the old cast. The animated back, feature. Right? Yeah. And we also talked about Killing Joke, how we went to go see it. And, you know, they had the limited theatrical release. Well, it seems like DC is doing the same thing. Okay. They're going to do a limited theatrical release with Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, and that is going to be on um, October 10th. October 10th. Yeah. So they're going to do a 2 p.m., a 7.30 p.m., and a 10 p.m. Okay. So the, because of the success and because of how well um, Batman The Killing Joke did, it seems like this is going to be something that we can look at, look into having regularly. Yeah. And then it's going to hit digital on October 11th. October 11th. Yes. Which, and Blu-ray November 1st. I wonder why it comes out so much later. I suppose they need to actually manufacture the Blu-ray. Maybe, yeah. Uh, all right, so Return of the Caped Crusaders is digital HD October 11th. Yeah. Shin Godzilla. Yeah. October 11th. Segway. 
Uh, Segway. Thank you very much. You I were right. You. I, have, I got you. I'm, I trust you. I believe that you were capable of doing that. And here I you got are. It. You've delivered it. Got you. Um, last episode, when we recorded last week, it was on a Friday, and we made a whole hubbub about uh, Shin Godzilla. 38.1. That's right. Uh, and Shin Godzilla is something I've been looking forward to for a long time. Yeah. And then I find out that it is, in fact, coming through the United States. Mm-hmm. It's got an, uh, an American trailer and it looks amazing. I saw the trailer today. Yeah. It looks awesome. I'm so excited. It's the music. And I was it's like, the music. You know, I said, let me check this out. I watched this trailer and I was like, yo, this looks good. Uh-huh. This looks awesome. I'm yeah. like, okay, all right. This this seems like it's from the perspective of the act. It's not from the perspective of the monster. No. It's from the perspective of the people who live in the in the in the area where the monster is doing its monster thing. Very dramatic. A lot of a lot of extreme close-ups on people's stressed out. I saw faces. that. Just cameras in, just zooming in, doing yeah. the old Tarantino like moving in really yeah. quickly. A lot of people having a pretty bad day. Yeah, I don't think the people were like, man, this is exactly what I expected. But to that those final couple seconds of the trailer where it just pauses. Bum, bum, oh! Bum, bum, oh my bum, God. Bum, and you just see Godzilla in the background bum, bum, with his collar is glowing red. Bum, it bum, looks... Bum, bum. Yeah, yes. Uh-huh. I'm ready. And I know that this is coming to us from the director of Evangelion. And some of the scenes in the trailer remind me of scenes in Evangelion, like the way that in an anime, the camera is not actually a camera, but just the way that characters are positioned in front of the screen and Mm -hmm. in the frame. So some of that looks a little familiar. I'm really excited to see this movie. Here's where things get interesting. It's hitting theaters as we discussed last week on October 11th. Yeah. And we made it, well, a whole big thing about that last week. How there's nothing really special, nothing big happening. No. Cuz there's nothing officially on the books. Yeah. Yeah, who's yeah, what do we what's anybody doing on October 11th? Yeah. Of course I'm going to be at it's that Tuesday. Film. Yeah. It's going up on a Tuesday. It is it is going up <laughs> on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And I think that brings us to a, a special segment of yeah. this show. Yeah. Usually in this point in time, in, in this segment, uh, segment after we finish the news, we get into talk back. Um, but in, in its own way, Octavius and I have some interesting news as far as the date, October 11th. And we haven't really talked about how we talk about this. And this is the first time that we do talk about this. Mm-hmm. So this is, for lack of a better phrase... A comic book Junto world exclusive. What w- w- world premiere? Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's going down on October 11th? So, well, <clears throat> this is actually interesting because we, Adam's right. We haven't talked about how we're going to talk about this and we really don't know how to talk about it. We really don't know <laughs> where to go, where to start. But I know for me, when it comes to situations where I'm trying to share information with my friends, I just talk. Mm -hmm. I just go. I mean, a lot of what you hear on comic book Junto, a lot of what you hear on the podcast, most of it's not like the only, like this is, this is like, we talked about Kirby enthusiasm. That's this what is, this is. This is pro wrestling. This we, is physical improv. <laughs> we have a general I'm idea. Sweating over here. We're going to touch on this, 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 and this. How we're going to actually get there, how we're going to actually do it, we really, we really don't know. Yeah. Because what we wanted to do is we wanted to recreate the reality of what our friendship is like. That's right. You know, we really don't have this stuff nailed down to like a script. So 
let's say uh, maybe what six months ago. So yeah, so let's just talk about it. Yeah. So um, a lot of you guys don't know my personal story or who I am. Octavius A. Newman, creator of Bear Fruit, period, uh-huh. the end, that's all you got from me. But um, people know about the other podcast that I've done called The Beautiful Struggle. Mm-hmm. And The Beautiful Struggle is basically me talking to creators about their origin story. And um, I've seen people on Twitter recently go, hey, we want, you know, bring that podcast back. You know, we want, we, we like, even like to hear your origin story. Like, yeah. where are you coming from? Or where do you come from? And so and so and so. Mm. Well, I think this is a part of my origin story that you're about to hear now mm-hmm. that is different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not my entire origin story, but it kind of starts from a sp- particular time. Yeah. So my entire life, I've been overweight. Every memory I have of myself, I've been overweight. Mm-hmm. Every picture in my mind I have of myself, mm-hmm. I've been overweight. Like that's Octavius is overweight. Octavius is size 40, 42, 44, 46 jeans, 2X, 3X, 4X t-shirts. Yeah. Not really the most attractive, cool guy. You know what I mean? Like I'm, but I've always been an athlete and very athletic as well. You've heard me say, you know, I'm, you know, I've done martial arts since I was a kid. So I had this weird combination of like being athletic and overweight wrestling in high school and college being at being overweight mm-hmm. being able to like john claude van damme spinning heel kick yeah but overweight so i kind of had this feeling of like yeah i'm just a big guy sure sure no big deal uh-huh. you know what i mean um but it wasn't until i got out of college and i was just living my life and i started having these kind of like dizzy spells like these lightheaded spells yeah and i was like man what is this what's go- what's going on here I don't really know what this is. Let me go to the doctor. So I go to the doctor one day and the doctor is like, takes my blood pressure, whatever. And then he goes, sit down, take this medicine right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm a young guy, whatever. Your blood pressure is so high. You should have passed out by now. And I'm like, what? What? Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever. So I take the medicine and I'm like, You know, you got to work on your weight and whatever, whatever. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if where you live, you know, internet, but in Philadelphia, there are these bicycle messengers. And I've always been a guy who likes to like, like my wife says, I feel like I can do anything. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm going to get a fixed gear bike. So I got a fixed gear bike, started riding it all over the place, riding it all over everywhere. That was my method of transportation. When my wife met me, I was on a bike. By the way. For those of you who don't know, and I imagine if you don't live in a city, mm-hmm. you might not realize a fixed gear bike or a fixie mm-hmm. is an insane mode of travel. <laughs> you ain't got no brakes. It's fantastic. You got no brakes. It's awesome. It's go, go, go. Yes. So I just want to clarify that because that is crazy. Yeah. So uphill, you are, we, there was no shifting. <laughs> no. Downhill, you better have control of that thing because uh-huh. that thing gonna take control of you. Yeah. So I just drove my bike everywhere, and I always would work out on and off and on and off and whatever. Um, and I started doing Muay Thai again. And the heaviest that I was when I went to the doctor, I was three oh nine, three hundred nine pounds, right? And they put me on some medicine and all this kind of stuff. So I start taking the medicine. I start doing Muay Thai again. I step on the scale one day, a couple months later, I'm like, I'm 255. Dang. Like, when did that happen? Yeah. Okay, great. Then I discover CrossFit. 
Yeah. I start doing CrossFit. I start doing strength and conditioning. I start feeling great. I lose all this weight. I look in the mirror. I see I'm the fittest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. You remember this? I do. Of I've course. never, I've never, like, again, the, every memory I have in my head, I'm overweight. Which is wild because when I first met you, I don't know if it was around the same time when you just started CrossFit or if you just had been doing it for a, a little while, mm -hmm. but you were the CrossFit dude. Mm -hmm. I like knew you to be CrossFit dude. Yeah. And y your Instagram and, you know, the, the stuff that you would post and share, it was your like, training and competitions yeah. And, yeah. and that sort of joint. And I would like watch that. And I'm like, this guy is nuts. Mm. I would never lift that weight <laughs> above my head. It's so much fun ever. Yes. But, uh, and then, uh, flashback way, way, way long ago when you and I are, are, are working on comic book Junto, we we're at the old indie hall. We we're up in the conference room and you, and we were watching uh, CrossFit games. Yes. And you were explaining some of that to me. Yeah. So that had always been something tied into you and who yeah. you are. Yeah. 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 So fitness then became a part of my life. My wife introduced me to paleo, um, changed my nutrition, changed like fitness. I, I started training to be a, a strength and conditioning coach. Like I did all these things and like this all became part of my life. Yeah. And um, you can actually see some of this stuff on my Instagram. If you look through, you can see me strength training and lifting and all that kind of thing as well. Mm -hmm. So all this is going on and I'm feeling great. I'm feeling better than I've ever felt in my life. And as time goes on, my wife is like, you know, you should go back to the doctor just to check out and see how things are going. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. But I'm the fittest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Not really worried about Nothing it. could be wrong with me. Yeah. You know, I'm doing everything the way I'm supposed to be doing it. I'm eating the way I'm supposed to be eating. I'm living the way I'm supposed to be living. I'm giving eight to 10 hours of sleep. I'm, you know, advocating for other things. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, like a now part of my life. My whole heritage is going to be this way. My family is never going to, you know, this is now what it's going to be now. Yeah. Um, so until one day, I kind of just was like, I just wasn't feeling well for no good reason. Mm -hmm. And I would just get these weird situations where I'd feel sick. Yeah. And I, would, I wouldn't really know why. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, whatever. But, I, but the thing is, I don't get sick. I'm not one of those sickly kind of dudes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I said, you know, let me go to the doctor. Let me, let me go. I go to the doctor. And the doctor's like, hey, how you been? We haven't seen you in a while. So I come in. I sit down. They check my blood pressure. Your blood pressure is crazy. Yeah. Your blood pressure is out of control. And I'm like, what? When did, okay. When did this happen? Yeah. And they say, well, we want to do some tests on you. Mm -hmm. So they run these tests and they come back and they go, well, Octavius, your GFR is so-and-so-and-so. And, -so -and, -so. and I go, my okay. GFR? <laughs> right. My what? Yeah, my G your GFR is so-and-so-and-so. -and, -so. and I go, okay, what's that mean? Yeah. Well, your BUN is such and such and such. Uh, Again, uh, acronyms. Uh, what, what, is, what is that mean? SMH, doc. You know Come what I'm on. saying? GFR. I don't know. Your creatinine is such and such and such. And I'm like, what, what, is, what language are you speaking? What, what am I it? reading Black so Panther I, I right look now? At, <laughs> I look at my wife. Her eyes are as big as saucers. My yeah. wife is a nutritionist. So she knows what this is. So she knows what she this means. She speaks that language. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, what, is, what, is, what, did, what are they saying? I don't understand what they're saying. And they go, you have kidney disease. Yeah. Not only do you have kidney disease, you have end-stage kidney disease. Renal failure. You are coming up on renal failure. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, what does that mean? 
English. Like explain this, like give me, this means this and that's going to happen. And after that happens, this is going to happen. After this happens, that's going to happen. So they start to break it down. Look, you need your kidneys. Your kidneys are so bad at such a young age. It is a matter of time before you have kidney failure. Yeah. And what does that mean? That means if you have kidney failure, you're going to end up on dialysis. Mm -hmm. If you're going to end up on dialysis, that means that you're going to have to get on a donor list. Mm -hmm. That means that you're going to have to wait on a donor list until someone passes away who is a match and you in line get up to the top of the line so that you can get a kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. Internet, like that. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm sorry, what? But I'm but I'm eating right, but I'm working out, but I'm, I don't, I, I mean, do, I imagine do, it's got to feel weird because you've never felt better. Never With felt the exception of better. That like one spot where you're like, man, I don't feel so good. Yeah. Never felt. And you're telling me I'm at the end of yeah. kidney disease. Yeah. This isn't the beginning. This is, you're at the, I'm at the end. Yeah. Like you're on teetering on the line of needing to be on dialysis. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so what do I do? How do I fix it? Come on. How do we, how do we fix it? What do we, what do we do? What do we, how do we, how do we got to fix this? I'm not going to sit around and cry about it. I'm not going to sit around and be sad about it. I'm going to get to, how do I fix this? Well, you know, you could get a transplant. You know, you can wait around, put you on the donor list. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Or you can get, a live donor. And I'm like, all right, cool. How do I get a live donor? I'm, <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already at live donor. I don't care nothing about what you're talking about. How Were you at three to five years? No. No. How do I get a live donor? Yeah. Listeners, just for some context, because this is not necessarily something that I knew about uh, until say, pretty recently. Yeah. Um, presently, there are over 93,000 people on the list waiting for kidneys. 93,000 people waiting for kidney to come from a deceased donor or a live donor. And there are so many variables in there. I mean, blood types got to match it. All the timing's got to be correct. There's so many exams and evaluations and tests that need to say, yes, 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 this is definitely going to work. So 93,000 plus people waiting, waiting for perfect conditions, right? Uh, in some states, I think it's like five years, five to 10 years, people will wait on the list. That's five to 10 years of dialysis or not dialysis. Yeah. Like, that's it. Where yeah. else do you go after that? Yeah. I mean, there are people who are like, it seemed like as I was talking to people, they were more concerned about me being on dialysis than were about my kidney disease. That's life-changing. That is life Chain dialysis. I would have to go to do dialysis on a regular basis. I mean, several times a week, several hours. It changes your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was maybe about six months ago. I want to say around that. I I don't know if it was like in February or March or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we were getting together to do comic book Junto and you came in and I don't know. It was just one of those days you're maybe moving a little more slowly, just kind of down, you know, every now and then it's, yo, how's your day been? What's going on? How you doing? And you shared some of that information with me. Yeah. And you're telling me all this and I'm like, Oh my God, 
I can't even fathom what any of this is like. Mm -hmm. And then you had shared kind of on top of it, icing on the cake is my blood type. So let me tell you about this internet, right? Yeah. So they say, well, if you want a donor, then you have to have someone who has the same blood type as you. I'm like, all right, cool. What kind of blood type am I? Well, we're going to do a test and we're going to find out what kind of blood type you are. Cause depending upon when I, so I said to them, I said, so you're telling me either I get on dialysis and wait, or I go find someone with my blood type who's willing to give me a kidney. Mm-hmm. That's what you're telling me. They say, yes. I say, is there any other information? <laughs> like, are you leaving anything out? Yeah. Cause if you're telling me, mind you, what did I tell you about my wife? I tell you, you think you can do anything. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to find a kidney. Yeah. I'm going to find one. By God's grace, by the Lord's grace, I'm going to find one. Like, I'm not going to just sit around here and, like, twiddle my thumbs. Yeah. Like, out of my friends, family, loved ones, church, somebody's got to be my blood type who's going to be willing to give me a kidney. And they say, well, it depends on what kind of kidney you, can, you get because everybody can't give you. Yeah, that's right. A kidney. And they say some, you know, blood types are rarer than others. And I say, what's the rarest blood type? Oh. And I say, watch me be O. <laughs> watch me be O. <laughs> and I said it to my wife. It would be crazy if I was O, right? So, um, test comes back. So now, just to tell you what O is. O means you can give an organ to anybody. Any you can blood give type. your blood. You can and, give your blood. Yeah. You can give it to anybody. Whatever. But you can only receive from somebody who has the exact same blood type as you. That's right. Right? And I think at this point, maybe I might, because I'm not a... Right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm not the complaining dude. Yeah. Oh, what was me? Oh, what was me? Because I think I'm so like, all right, well, how do what, what, you know? Okay, God, what 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 can I do within my power? What what can what can I do on my side? Mm-hmm. So my wife and I are praying about it, and of course we're dealing with it. Blood test comes back, O positive. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh shit. What it is. Oh shit. O positive, the yeah. rare John. I was yeah. like, I knew it. Uh-huh. I knew this was going to happen. I knew. I was like, okay, all right. All right, God. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. So I start talking to some of my friends and family saying, ha, ha, ha. If you got O positive, let me get that kidney. Yeah. You know, and joking. Like how, do you, how do you even approach? <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's the thing. It's weird. Like, yo, what's your blood type? Yeah, <laughs> like we, you try to holler at a girl. Why are you asking me? Hey, that? yo. Hey, yo. Yeah, hey, girl. Yeah. What's your blood type? Oh, man, I just know I was just looking at you from across the room, ID. girl. I noticed you got you got what you got in there. Two kidneys. Let me see. Oh, you, oh, you got kidneys looking about? nice. What's that about? Kidneys looking nice right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm talking rarest blood type. I'm like, man, how am I gonna do this? Talk to my friends, find out my mom, O positive. I'm like, yo, that's a match. My doctor goes, she is 69 years old. Yeah. And she has high blood pressure. Yeah. She can and and she's she's diabetic. Yeah. She can't give you a kidney because if they're going to take a donor, they're not just taking anything. They're taking a transplant that has such a high percentage of success that they're like this is a lock. Mm-hmm. So even when someone has the same blood type, there's all these little tests they got to do to even confirm that this is even going to work. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it, just the same blood type is not enough. So you're just kind of like, "All right, God, well, Okay, you know, talk to my wife. Guess what blood type she is? Is she O-pos? O-positive. Yeah. But she can't give me a kidney. 
Yeah. Because he's a juvenile diabetic. So it, it should be said, actually, the rarest, most, most, most rare blood type is AB negative. Mm-hmm. That's the most rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, O-pos is just one of them situations where it's like, it, it is... It's rare, but it puts you in this hole where it's like you can't get from anybody except for Opaz. Yeah. That's just the way it works. Sorry. Yeah. It's like you, this is a one way street, dog. Right. <laughs> and you got it. So, so it's so crazy. It's so wild because it's like, here's your, here you are in this situation. And then here's the roller coaster. My mom. No. Yeah. My wife. No. Yeah. You know, another friend of mine. No. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you know. Man, I'm not telling Adam any of this stuff. No. Adam's just like, keep me in the loop. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, cool. So, um, you know, we're living. We're living life. Mm-hmm. I come in one day, and I'm like, yeah, man. And I kind of give Adam an update. Ha, ha, ha. Da-da-da-da. And then my mom, and then my wife, da-da-da-da. And Adam's just, what blood type do you need? Oh, positive. And Adam does this kind of head nod. You know? And I'm like, what? He goes, know what blood type I am? <laughs> I was like, what? He goes, O positive. O pos. Yeah. I have my blood donor card in my wallet because I, I had donated blood not that long ago. And I do that regularly as often as I can, but I get tattoos. And in Pennsylvania, you, you can't donate blood within a year of getting a tattoo unless mm-hmm. it's in a certain, it's all this mumbo jumbo. So I try to do that as often as possible. But yeah, you mentioned that. And I thought, oh, yeah. And I think the first thought in my brain was, what does that mean? Yeah. What does kidney do? <laughs> That's basically do where I I'm at. Do I need kidney to yeah. make cool monster? So here's, here's how this shakes out. For the past like six months, Octavius and I have been spending some time. Special project. Special, special project we, alert. Special project alert. We've been spending some time together and separate at Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And we've been learning some things and going back and forth. This has been a long process. Yes. An arduous process. Yes. Word of the day is arduous. The word of the day is arduous. (laughs) Uh, And as of this this afternoon, um, the news that we have to share is on October 11th, I will be giving my kidney to Octavius A. Newman. So the transplant surgery... Is going down. It is going down. It is. It's something that we've been working on for a really long time, and it's been an, obviously a new experience for both yeah. you and I. Yeah. And it's something that we have not shared with many people because we haven't had a lot of confirmation for a number of things. But we are as confirmed as confirmed gets. The yeah. only thing that happens now is they they cut me open and. Trade my John and put 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 him in your. The thing that I can't get over, <laughs> listeners. Here's the deal. Tell them what, what the deal is. I don't know if you realize this, but tell them how it's going down. This is how this is going to work. First of all, they're taking my lefty. All right. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend I didn't have my best memories with my left one. Okay. But I did. All right. Uh, they're taking and I my lefty. Appreciate, you know, I appreciate you being willing. That's my creative one. You're wow. leaving me with the one that th- is good at math. That's how that works, right? It's like you want me to brain? help you with that. Let me help you split the bill. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me see the bill. <laughs> Just give me the bill. I know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. All right, right. Good. Sorry, I got, I got rid of my down. mathematic kidney. I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, so they're taking my left one. I will have one kidney in my in, in my torso, and you will have three. 
<laughs> and okay, look, in fairness, I understand that two of them Johns do not work. Johns ain't working. <laughs> so I get it, but there's something crazy to me. Every time I tell somebody that, they're like, what? No, that's yeah. not right. You need to talk to your doctor. Nah, like, no, I've been talking to them for many moons now. That's that's how it goes. So yeah. so yeah. Um so that's that's what's up. And yeah. we've we've only shared this with very close friends and family. Yeah. We will have more information, I imagine, as we get closer to it. But we scheduled this specifically so we can go to Comic Con first. Yeah, that's because that's important. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the facts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Comic Con, New York Comic Con is important. Yeah. Kidneys and all that, being able to process, you know, and filter filtration and all whatever. Yeah. We gotta go to Comic Con. We gotta go to Comic Con. But directly after Comic Con, got to get cut open. Yeah. And we're gonna miss Shin Godzilla. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> gonna miss Shin Godzilla because it's going down on the eleventh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we had to determine like we can have Comic Con, but are we gonna let Shin Godzilla go? Now we still get to see Batman. The animated joint on the tenth, so mm-hmm. that can be like a celebration. You can drink some only ju- only liquids that day. That's it. That's okay, it. so you can holla at Corona Strip Juice. <laughs> get us a day worth worth of of, of fre- cold pressed juice. Karan, thank you for listening. Thank you for the five stars and the positive comment. Appreciate you. You know, we can watch Batman, uh-huh. and then that better be. A hopefully, good movie. is because I'm not trying to have that be the last thing, last experience <laughs> with Batman before I go under the knife. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what's so up. So what are your thoughts? Like, I mean, we've talked about this many times, but and like, let, me, let me let you know, we wanted to tell you guys first outside of our friends and family because you guys are friends and family as well. Yeah, that's real. As soon as real. we got a date, we wanted to let you guys know. Now, I mean, we're talking an hour before we sat down and, and the mics were hot. That's, yeah. that's the confirmation. So yeah. this is the first. So you guys are uh, getting it here first. Yeah. Besides my wife and mom and uh huh. Yeah, all the families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that's a thing that that'll be interesting. And I think over time, you and I are going to have more practice talking about it and kind of figuring out how we talk about it. Yeah, you know, um, there are a lot of things that we recognize we have opportunities to do to talk about the process of live donation, mm-hmm. being a, 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 a live donor, a living donor, and um, even the process of just checking with your doctor. You know, I mean, I can't Yo. tell you how many times during Yo. this process I thought to myself, I never would have been asking these questions mm. until now. And lucky yeah. me, I got, you know, I have two good organs that are doing just fine. Yeah. But those are just my kidneys. I'm not, I don't know what other kinds of questions I should be asking. Yeah. So listeners, internet, take your health seriously because... The situation with Octavius was that was fortune. You got in at a time when they said you should have been passed out. Yeah. And lucky. It is God's it is God's grace alone that I mean I am sick enough to be on the transplant list. Yeah. But I am not sick enough to be on dialysis. Yeah. I am well enough walk around and live my life on a regular basis. I'm young enough to be able to walk around and live my life on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And you'd look at me, you talk to me and you go, you got kidney disease. You look like nothing's wrong with you. Yeah. And 
that's not that's a that's a blessing. I've talked to some of my doctors and I've talked to some of the people who helped me out through this, and they're like, I think the reason why you're able to kind of last this long is because of how you were eating, because of how you're working out, because of how you were taking care of your body. That's why with I mean, my out of a hundred percent, just to give you perspective, my kidney function is in the teens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not good. It's very bad. Yeah. That's very bad. Like that's not even, it's not a joke. Yeah. Like, the fact that I'm on the mic right now is a, a blessing from God. That's not cause I'm like, yo, cause you know, I'm so smart and I'm so, you know, nah, man, like I shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, and the, I talked to my doctors. They're like, you went from your end stage kidney disease to the guy who you sit across from and record a podcast with every day, has your same blood type, the rarest blood type, and he's willing to give it to you. Yeah. And we go through all the tests. He's going to go through all the tests and he's going to follow through. He's not your blood. He's not where from where you're from. He doesn't see eye to eye on every topic. He doesn't like, you know, what are you talking? What are you talking about? Yeah. That's not normal. That's not something you can just chalk up to chance and, you know, uh, just right place, right time. Nah, man, there's something else going on with that. Too many coincidences. It's too many coincidences for it to be a coincidence. There's something actively involved making it happen. And even to ask you, why do this? (sighs) Why? Okay, this is the thing that I think we'll probably get. I'll get some experience uh, and practice talking about. And this is something that I've been talking about for the past few months because ultimately my experience with the hospital and people... They keep trying to talk you out of it. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I joke I joke when I say it like that. But but in a way, it's kind of like like the role of the people who are supporting me through this process yeah. is is like they're testing my metal. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's almost as if they're dangling something in front of me. You know it's going to hurt, right? Yeah. And, and basically saying, you know you have every opportunity to say no. Nah. Yeah. And I... I at the end of that, they'll say, you, do you still want to do it? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting as far as that goes. And, and people ask me, why do you want to do this? And, and this is this is the, the, the best thing that I can think of. It's, your comic book Junto is something that is good for me, is good to me. Yeah. I'm happy for it. My, my friendship with you, the relationship that we have, is powerful and important to me. And in no small way, it has to do with the fact that you and I come from very different places. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like the the composition and the thing that we talk about for CBJ. Yeah. Like, this is an important show because you and I come from different places. And here we are, we meet in this culture and we share our stories and mm-hmm. we have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And the reality is the perspective that you have and what you offer to me is something I can never have without you. I could never have your thoughts and your background, your view on life without the experiences that you choose to share with me. Mm -hmm. When I stumble and we do a show and I'm like, I totally didn't check my white privilege and I didn't have an opportunity to think about that on my own. And you share a story with me that makes me realize that I'm coming from a place of privilege and you do so and offer me grace. And I mean, like you don't owe me any of that. You don't owe me any of that. You don't have to educate me on anything. I, I, I had a like a Twitter uh, series not that long ago thinking on that and how I think it's powerful for me to have friendship like yours and a person yeah. like you yeah. to be able to become a better person. So in no small way, 
at all. And I've told this to doctors, countless doctors. I have, I think, a pretty strong investment in you staying around on this planet. And if I have an opportunity to contribute to the odds of you staying on this planet, I think I'm supposed to do that, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't find this situation. It found me. Yeah. And our friendship is maybe, I don't know if it's something I was gunning for and aiming for when, when we first met, but we became friends and you gave me these insights and you still give me these insights and we have fun together. We hang out, we watch movies, we talk comics. I'm like, I do all of the things that I love and I become a better person and I get to hang out with you and keep your company. I'm pretty sure this is what I'm supposed to do because I need you to be around if I still want to have that value. And, you know, the other side of this is the argument is stacked. You and I both know that we have resources available to us to talk about this. Yeah. So I, it's, it's hard for me to even say it out loud or, or, or to say it and understand what it means, but I understand that I'm able to give you something to help your life. Mm-hmm. And that's one person and an important person. But you and I both have an opportunity to talk about this and to hopefully encourage people to think on this and learn about this and consider doing this for someone else in their life or for yeah. themselves. I, I, I can't ignore that. I can't. And my family, my, my friends, my loved ones, they're like, I don't even know if I could do this. And I realize like you, you would know if you were in the situation. If you were put in a situation where it was a very viable opportunity and you got to be introspective and think on it, you would know. And if you can't, that's that's fine. That's legit. But you would know if you could do this. And you can't fathom yourself in a situation that you're not actually a part of. So right. I understand why people feel that way. But yeah, at every single turn, at every single opportunity, every meeting, every appointment, every evaluation. You have an opportunity to say no every time. Yo, every single time. And I, every single time I confidently say yeah, let's do this. So today, getting the date is confirmed, October 11. I'm like, finally, finally. Look what the brown bag done brought together. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. All uh-huh. jokes aside, but yeah, I mean, like, this is a friendship that started over, oh, you read comics? That was it. That was, the dude walks in to work with a bag of comic books. And that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And from there, how many years later? What was it? Six years now? Yeah. Probably. I think it's like six years. You know? And like, I, I mean, you, like, this is not something that you, you owe me. It's not something that you have to do. And for me, this is brotherly love. That's what this, that's what it is. Yeah. That's how I feel. I think so. You know? Like, this is what it is. It's like, look, there's no greater love than someone lays down their life for their friend. Mm-hmm. There's no greater love than that. And you're not that you're laying down your life, but there's a sense where it's kind of like, you don't have to like, it's no you don't joke. have to do that. Yeah, it ain't a joke. That's for sure. It's um, a major surgery. Octavius and I are both going to spend a couple of days in the hospital. Three to five days. So I'm trying to look, don't be tweeting me, asking me where the episode's at. Yeah. All right? yeah. I'm on drugs. Yeah. We're going to do everything <laughs> we can in our ability, in our limited ability to do an episode as soon after this surgery. I want to know what it sounds like when we're in the surgery and we're just trying to record on our phones. Yo, hi, yo, 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 you, you, uh, did you read that new Batman? I'm, I'm your host. Nah. 
I'm your host. Fall asleep on the track. I'm your host, Octavius. Hey, uh, Adam. And uh, Adam, uh, uh, Jagged Scar. Yeah, Jagged Scar. That's it. (laughs) Jagged Little Pill. What we're going to produce, what we hope to produce for you, Internet, is the least interesting, most terrible episode of podcast history of all time. Yeah. uh, After this surgery. And then we have uh, somewhere in the ballpark of like 8 to 12 weeks of recovery. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, you know what's funny, guys? Like, we are... 39 full episodes of Combo Junto, including this one, and a handful of one shots. Yeah. And I want you guys to know something. I've had kidney disease the whole time. Mm-hmm. The whole time. It's crazy. Cray cray. I've had kidney disease for years. Didn't even know. So let me like and I would say like I have some symptoms, like I just get tired out of nowhere. There's some times where Adam like calls me, like, where are you coming? And I'm like, oh, I fell asleep. Yeah. And, you know, and I rush over here because, you know, I'm just tired and I feel like my head's in a fog sometimes. Like I can't see super clearly. So apparently after this transplant, I'm going to feel like T'Challa. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like Black Panther after this is all over. So you've got energy now. That's right. I only imagine what it's going to be like when I got a working kidney. And my understanding is I'm going to feel like trash drug juice uh, for a season, for a season, for just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, man, it's worth it. That's, yeah. what, that's what's up. But um, so we might spend a little more time trying to sort through some of these ideas and these things. We'll talk more about it because it's a very major part of. Are we going to talk about the our life, the the visuals? Yeah, I, I think that's something we can share as we get closer to it. But something we're working on now is actually documenting the process. Yeah. Uh, we'll tell you more about that later. Uh, yeah, as we, as we get some of that stuff together. But it's important to us that we take stock of what we're doing, of this experience, so we can share it with other people. That's the point. The point is this. <clears throat> I believe that there, we both said this in, in our own way, but we said it one way consistently. This is too many coincidences. Coincidence, co- what am I trying to say? I love it. <laughs> too many coincidences. <laughs> too many coincidences for this to be a coincidence. That's right. So for whatever reason this is happening, I think part of the responsibility that we feel is to reach as many people that influence as many people with this as possible. Mm -hmm. So if that means you hear this podcast or you consume whatever we put together and you go, man, I should go get myself checked out. Word up. You gotta, you need to do this. Everybody needs to go get themselves checked out fully, thoroughly. Cause you can be the strongest, fittest, fastest, goodest lookingest you've ever been in your life. And literally like I'm telling you, they told me like you could have dropped in the middle of, I ride a motorcycle everywhere. I could have passed that like yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Everything that I was doing, even all the good stuff I was doing, it was all the bad stuff from my specific situation as a person with kidney disease. Yeah. Or if you know someone who needs needs an organ that you can give them and still have a high quality of life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like th- th- we don't, we have some things that we're working on to try to be able to maximize why is this happening? Not so much, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to us? But like, no, seriously, God, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Like, is there something that you're trying to get me to do in light of the scenario? Let, let, let's maximize this as much as we possibly can mm-hmm. to share this with many people and touch as many people with this as we possibly can to leave things better than it was when we found it. That's right. Yeah. So we'll tell you more about that at a later date. Yeah. And uh, at some point in time, right now, you don't know this, but I'm putting a contract together 
um, for you to sign. So as soon as my kidney is inside of your body, then you have to agree to a bunch of new ideas that I have for comic book Junto. Hmm. Uh, one of the the first things on my list is you you do have to agree that Batman v Superman was an awful movie. Wait a minute! As soon as my kidney's up in there, now hold on. A second. Hey, you got hey you you want this kidney? <laughs> no, you want now this? Let's, let's let's not get crazy here. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're gonna have me say every time I say Superman Returns is good, you have to agree. That's right. You know, wait, That's hold right. on. I'm giving you uh, by obligation. I'm giving you ideas. Let me mm-hmm. not do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just preparing that document right now. Oh well, yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, uh-huh. you know what I mean. Oh, we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about it after you get your name on that dotted line, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, internet. We got more to talk to you about that in a later date, but we wanted to tell you as soon as we possibly can. We are going to be at Comic Con, which is great. Again, we had you know that was a blessing. We were able to be yeah. able to do that and be able to knock this out, <laughs> Hilarious. which is which is very funny. The doctors like so. Here, you guys are going to Comic Con. I it liter- my surgeon literally said that to me, and I was like, what? Who? How do you told know this? this? What? Yeah, so it's scheduled after Comic Con. Yeah. Um, so hit us up on Twitter, talk to us, you know, send us questions, send us conversations, send us feedback, comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. Um, you can tweet at Adam, at Adam, T- Adam Tedders. You can tweet at me, at Octavius mm-hmm. A. Newman. Um, tweet us your thoughts. Um, and normally this segment is the talkback segment. Normally. So you can feel free to talk back to us. Yeah. Or you can ask us questions about what we just talked about or ask us questions about stuff in general, geek stuff. You can ask us stuff about whether or not you should, you know, you should date that guy. Yeah. You know, or should you just cut him loose? Yeah. Or, hey, look, whether or not you should keep that kidney. Or should you cut it loose? Maybe you just cut that loose. Maybe Lefty's been giving you a problem for a long time. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm sick of you. I'm, I'm working on naming Lefty before it leaves me. We're going to make a lot of memories in the next 30 days. A lot of selfies. And you, you're going to have... Yeah, you're going to have a lot of memories. You're going to like... When you dream, you're going to dream the things that I usually have. That's what how this is going to work. Wow. I don't know how transplants work. But well, just go with it. But this is how it's going to work. Yeah. You're going to be a big man thing fan. That's Maybe a Terrigen mist swoops through. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then because of the transplant, now, you know, I'm an inhuman. Yeah. True. Why haven't they written that into the books? Don't know. But anyway, hashtag ask CBJ for any questions that for the show. And we might answer, like, like read and answer your question on the next episode. Comment book Junto at barefood.com. And that's that. That's that. This is the point in time when we usually go to the pool list. Um, Man, this episode. We're going to go long on this one. Um, We we might want to think through some of this. In fact, we're going to go real long on this one because as as you might have heard in our last episode, we, uh, we know that we got a lot of books of the week to talk through today. We were wrong about one of them. We expected Civil War to come out today. Uh, Civil War II, what was that? Issue six? I don't know. I think um, we were expecting that issue to come out, but uh, we were wrong about that. And Civil War has actually, Civil War II has met some delays, and now it's going to end in December. So that is not joining us today, but each of us have a couple of uh, books to talk about. We still have All-Star Batman in our uh, comic book of the week, Spider-Man 8, and Black Panther 6. Uh, those three books are books that we want to keep up with and we want to do book of the week and discuss. And I don't know, man, I'm just thinking maybe we just, th- this episode is going to be like four hours long 
This one? This one's going to be like four hours long. I got places to be. I got kidney stuff to enjoy while I have them. So we should go through our pool list and then figure out wh- right, where we want to go. All right. What do you have? What do you got? All right. Books of the week. Happy Brown Bag Day, by the way. Adam, happy Brown Bag happy Day. Happy Brown Internet. Bag Day. All right. All-Star Batman, number two. Black Panther, number six. Spider-Man, number eight. Those were all books of the week. I also have Doom Patrol, number one. The Fix, number five. Batman, Detective Comics, 940. Wonder Woman, number six. And a poster. And a poster. Yeah, shout out to Brave New Worlds. Thank you for the poster. Uh, and thank you for the five stars and the positive comment. Appreciate you. I picked up... Black Monday Murders. Uh, thank you to uh, Brian over at Brave New Worlds. He, he, he actually copped this one for me. So thank you very much for that. I picked up Briggsland number two. Oh, that was Black Monday Murders number two, by the way. Briggsland number two. I did pick up Doom Patrol one. And the artwork, I believe, is uh, is the cat who does the artwork on Power Man Iron Fist. Yeah, it looks on like the cover, it. anyway. Mm-hmm. I picked up Wonder Woman number six. And then Books of the Week, Spider-Man 8 and Black Panther 6. And uh, I borrowed All-Star Batman number two from you. Mm-hmm. I'm probably just going to pick it up. That was really good. Yes. That was very good. Internet, if you're not reading All-Star Batman, you are missing out. That's right. All right. I'm going to throw this out there. Hit me. How you feel about doing All-Star Batman number two and Spider-Man? Into it. We can save Black Panther because we can go on for a long time time yeah because there's a lot to chop through in that yeah internet forgive us but we had to get that information out Mm -hmm. and we didn't want to uh we can't do everything that's right but i I think it's a good idea we can do spidey and we can do all-star batman and we will i believe in my heart of hearts we will return to black panther and we'll have a conversation on it Mm -hmm. because there's a lot to chew through as always yes tanahasi coats shout out to you this you give us a robust meal it's filling, but I'm still chewing. Yes. Okay, that's some tough lot. steak. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I say we do it. And I, I would love to start with All-Star Batman, in fact, because, yo, the momentum in this book. You said it as you were reading All-Star Batman. It, it's a movie. Yes, it is a movie. Why'd you say that? It's a movie because it's it's the way they're introducing characters and they're kind of having that little title card that pops up. Yeah. Like the, you know, this is this character and like the back and forth banter and conversation and the speed with which everything is moving. The actual people are moving. The train is moving. The, the, the everything is action, 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 action. And the way John Ramiter Jr. is drawing it. It's yeah. such an action packed book. Big time. So that's why I say it's like it's like a movie. It's not like the slow plotting, what am I going to do next? Who's this character? Everything's constantly moving. This is coming to us from Scott Snyder and, like you said, John Romita Jr. Shout out to y'all. Um, the, the artwork. John Romita is just insane in this book. It, it's, it feels good. It has this really cool, kinetic, kind of cartoony, over-the-top, hyper-violent feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives it a, a strong personality. And, and Batman's uh, funny. And Batman's funny. He's got some quips. Yeah, he's got some quips. Yeah. Um, and they're cursing in it. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a rated like R action. movie. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of an old action movie mm-hmm. that's just better mm-hmm. than those action movies are. If you go back, you walk, walk back, go back and watch Commando, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. It's yeah. really bad. No, nah, it's not that good. Chill out. 
All right, let me see. I'm trying to figure out where to even begin with this as far as this book goes. All right, so um, one of the things that's interesting about this book is it plays with timelines a little bit. Yeah. It'll do two days from now, uh, present, two hours earlier, two hours later, that sort of thing. Yeah. So everyone, every now and then I will see that and have to think, what does that mean for this timeline? How does that stack into a timeline? Um, in, in, I'm looking at a panel right now, and it says, also 20 hours ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay There's a lot sure. going on. Um, and uh, we're picking up. I mean, it is really high octane. But when we pick up in the very beginning, uh, we've got uh, Jim Gordon, and he's getting Harvey ready. Bullock. And Harvey Bullock. And they're getting ready to do something. They're talking about like how they're sick of it. They're not going to sit on the hands anymore. Yeah. He has too much control over us. Yeah. And, uh, it's like they're getting ready to go into Wayne Manor. Yeah. Right. And it, it says, uh, when it introduces Gordon, Batman's closest ally, dot, dot, dot until tonight. Mm. So we don't know exactly what's going down here, but it looks like they're about to investigate Wayne Manor or something. But meanwhile, Batman himself is on a train like full speed ahead fighting killer croc and two face. And it's just, I mean, it's wall to wall action. Yeah. And this is that classic train fight, right? On the yes. top of the train, train it's super speeding. fast. And you know, people are, uh, are ducking when the tunnel comes around and that yeah. sort of thing. And then as if that action were not enough, King Shark joins the fray. What is going on? Killer Croc is there. And Yo. I just love the way they introduce the, 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 the bad guys. Yeah. It's like the backup. The backup to the backup. Yeah. The backup to the backup. So, like, these more and more of these huge guys are coming in. You're seeing Batman. They do a great job of showing Batman is not the Batman who's, like, flip, jump, flip, punch, kick, batarang, boom, boom, boom. No, he's like, more can't be touched. Here. He's like, yo, this guy's getting hurt. Yeah. He's getting beat up. He's And he's going toe-to-toe with three of the biggest dudes he could. Yeah, uh, King Shark and Killer Croc and then Amigdala who I was not familiar with until this issue, mm-hmm. um, Aaron Helsinger, who is just a giant muscle-bound dude. And they're just beating on Batman mercilessly. And we get a little gadget play, you know? Like, finally, we get to see Bruce use some of his gadgets, pull stuff out of the uh, utility belt. He's, he's stabbing on Amigdala. He, yo, best part of the book. Yes. Shark repellent. Yes. Shark repellent on King Shark. Where is that from? That's from the 66 movie. Batman 66. Man. And it did it in such a cool way. And it, it worked. It wasn't corny at all and it made yeah. sense. Yeah, he the way shoots it was these little like darts in the King Shark's snout and it's um, they, they straight up say like, oh, okay, your shark repellent is not going to work on me. Yeah. Um, yo, it's so cool. And when he throws that spiked batarang that attaches the giant... Uh, Hole, like that lumber mm-hmm. to Killer Croc. So Killer Croc gets stuck. He doesn't go through the, the train tunnel because uh, the pole is too awesome. large. And you create a situation at that point where you're like, okay, cool. We're safe. And they keep doing these mile markers that are showing how far away he is from his goal mm-hmm. and where he's ultimately trying to take um, uh, Two-Face. Yeah, he's trying to escort Two-Face somewhere and we don't actually know where. Right. And we, and we have a situation where there's more people who pop up and yeah. they shoot him with darts, and he starts like passing out. 
That's right. So Batman is really having a hard way to go here. Like Two Two Face is got every single person that you could possibly think. I mean, characters I don't even know. Do you even know those two girls? No, I wasn't really familiar with them. In fact, I was not familiar with Copperhead or Cheshire. Um, and everybody is after Batman right now. And Batman seemed to be prepared at some point in time. He says as soon as he saw Killer Croc get on this train, he drops some explosives and he just blows the damn thing up. Of course Batman does. Launches them into the water. And Two-Face, meanwhile, as crazy as Two-Face is, Two-Face is constantly surprised with the death wish that Batman holds. Mm -hmm. Like, you are going to get both... Both of us are just going to die Yeah, if you keep pulling this. Um, when uh, they're flying off of the bridge, the, tr the, the train bridge into the water, it cuts to a, a little more quiet scene. And we have a dude in a cloak, like wrapped, uh, cloak wrapped around his head. He's drinking mm -hmm. coffee and he's meeting with somebody that I, a team that I was not familiar with, the Black and Whites. Never heard of that before. Yeah, that's uh, Great White, Penguin, and Black Mask. That's a, now, Black Mask has a different mask than I've normally seen before. Black Mask normally has like the skull yeah. thing happening. Yeah, he actually looks a little bit like Zorn from X-Men, hmm. if you're familiar. Uh, so they're meeting with some secret super bad dude and they do use his name uh nyazev uh, mr nyazev and if you are familiar with the character you know that that is the last name of beast mm -hmm. it's uh what is it kg beast kg beast yeah. yeah um and kg beast is best hitman best assassin in the world fabled to have killed hundreds of people yeah and this team the black and white they're hiring him to kill batman and they're saying, look, we put all our money together. All of our money together. That's that, to afford your rate. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And KG Beast is is effectively saying, oh, I've just been waiting for you to do you this. Guys just stop being suckers and go ahead and finally hire me to do this. And it's crazy it's wild because you you see like he's got heads, like bloody heads, and one of them is Yo, like, the, from the court of the owls. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, KG Beast opens his refrigerator and the severed head of one of the owls, like Talon assassins, is in there. So he's no joke. I, I thought that was an interesting cue. And like in this this quiet moment, they're talking about the legacy of KG Beast and how deadly and efficient he is. And they can't just show that unless they show us a little flashback or some action. But how about he just pops open his fridge and one of the more terrifying rogues is just decapitated. Why does he have decapitated heads in his refrigerator? Man, I do not know. And then we get into a conversation between Duke and Alfred about Two-Face. What do you make of this dialogue when they're talking about Two-Face of, of old, Two-Face as children know him, as opposed to Two-Face now? Because I thought that was a really interesting concept to introduce, that Two-Face is not necessarily the same as you remember him. Well, I thought it was interesting because it shows how long Two-Face has been around. Yeah. And it also shows how long, arguably, Batman's been around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what I'm gathering is that Two-Face slash Harvey Dent has dissociative... Harvey Dent has dissociative personality disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, he has multiple personalities that um, are aware of before he turned into Two-Face. Yeah. Um, but they don't share each other's thoughts they don't communicate so when harvey dent is in control and it's a good guy two-face is not present he doesn't know what harvey dent is planning and vice versa so that's interesting and then the the theory pops up yeah that 
when Harvey Dent is getting ready to come back, when that personality is returning, he does something to get locked up. Exactly. A, a cry for help. He'll do some big, outrageous crime, criminal activity, almost as a means of Harvey Dent saying, please save Lock me. this guy Stop up. Stop me don't, now. Don't let, him, don't let him loose. I thought that was a really interesting concept. Yeah. And it made me think, maybe that's what's up here. Because like, there was talk of an antidote that could fix Harvey Dent forever. So maybe what's happening is this is Two-Face's big, last, giant hurrah mm-hmm. before Harvey Dent comes back full time. Um, because this is a huge event. This is a gigantic thing that's that's taking place right now. Um, we get we get a little more action. Oh, Duke. And Duke Duke has yeah. a situation where I guess apparently something shows up on the screen that makes Duke go, "Whoa, wait a minute, hold on a second, this is a trap." Yeah. I didn't fully get that moment. I didn't really understand exactly what he was talking about there, but um, yeah, that was that was something where I was like, "Okay, I can't wait to see how that fleshes out exactly. See what's going on." Yeah, but Duke knows something, and we'll see what that something is eventually. But we we're gonna turn our attention back to Batman and Two Face as they're grappling in the water. They survive the fall from the train, and Batman is just—he is literally tied to Two Face, and he's dragging him around for the ride. And uh, they get caught by a squad of cops. Uh, you get. By a squad of people who are working for Two Face, Two Face. Yeah, I mean, and Batman takes a bullet to the head. Yeah, yeah. We even get to see his cowl, which is just cracked and dented. So he, I guess, he got knocked out, but not killed, of course. Yeah. There's a little flashback sequence too, where uh, we see young Bruce Wayne or younger Bruce Wayne. I think this was not too long ago. I believe the events that take place here are actually right before the events of All Star Batman, this big thing, because Two Face is wearing this outfit, but he has a whole face, right? Harvey Dent is fine. Yeah. Um, so this must have been right before Two-Face became Two-Face? Or something. Or something. something. Close to that. And I'm not entirely sure what they're talking about here. Um, it says something along the lines of like, uh, Harvey saying, hey, I'm glad that you came, Bruce. And Bruce says, yeah, it's something special. And that's it. I mean, like, It's just a snippet. Maybe it's something that Batman was dreaming when he was unconscious. Mm. What, what do you think? Like, why is that? What is this? I'm not sure. I mean, and I'm okay with not knowing exactly. I'm all right with that kind of fleshing itself out later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that the the scene where that that guy um, says he find the coin, found Two Faces coin again. Yeah, like you gotta you gotta think that they're just making the coins. Yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, they right. Just have a bunch of coins. That is not the like, same. Batman way. threw that coin. It, out into Nowheresville yeah. as he was driving. Like, there's no way they found that coin again. That is not the same coin. Um, the, whoever captured Batman and and grabbed up Batman and Two-Face, they're stopped pretty quickly because uh, KG Beast shows up. He's on the scene, and he blasts the hell out of that van, that uh, that big truck. And uh, the the issue kind of wraps up with the mile marker showing us that we're we're like a third of the way there. Mile marker 171 of 459. We got a long way to go. Meanwhile, back at uh, Wayne Manor, Jim Gordon and Bullock, I think they just found the Batcave. Looks like it. I mean, looks like looks like uh, Commissioner Gordon's trying to kind of like, I mean, get his way in there. And um, Alfred's like, hey, yo, uh, maybe we shouldn't. And, you know, they crack open the, the good old clock, like mm-hmm. that grandfather clock. Mm-hmm. That's like the entrance. And uh, we don't see exactly what he sees, but 
that's like the beginning. But it it appears as though people were going to find out about Bruce's identity. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. Um, yeah. So if this was high octane, it's like an action movie, just like the first issue. And it was really exciting. I want to know where we're headed and how much more Batman is going to have to endure. But more than anything else, the thing that I keep thinking about is what are the stakes of this book? Like, why is Two-Face doing what he's doing? Have you thought about that? It seems like Two-Face has an, an idea of what... Well, Two-Face has something on everybody. Yeah. He's got something that people don't want everybody to know. Yeah. Um, Some dirty laundry. Here's my... Here's my... What I'm gathering... What I'm gathering is Batman is trying to take Two-Face to a cure, right? Mm -hmm. To a place where he's no longer going to be Two-Face, where they can fix him. And... I think the reason why uh, Two-Face is trying to avoid it is because he wants to stay being Two-Face. That's yeah. kind of what we hear from what Alfred is saying. Like, you know, Master Bruce has this theory of whatever. So I think Two-Face is, since he's got something on everybody, he's using that as leverage to say, look, take Batman out mm -hmm. or I'll release this information, mm -hmm. you know. So that's kind of the, that's the twist. That's enough for me, you know? Yeah. And we also have a, a, a little smaller story at the, the, the back of this issue, uh, The Cursed Wheel Part 2. And this is continuing a story that's a little more Duke-centric. Yeah. Um, we don't, I don't know if we have to get into that right now. No. And it, if anything, it's but just it's good stuff, they're yeah. following up on something that they began, a little like kind of murder mystery involving Zaz. Mm -hmm. um, Zaz is the... Uh, Victor Zaz. Yeah, Victor Zaz. He's, got, he's, he's the guy who's got all the uh, hatch marks and like cross markings on his uh, body from everyone that he's killed. Mm -hmm. And his whole thing is that he like kills people and people that you love in the most violent way possible. And he's a serial killer and he's a maniac and yada yada. And um, we get a little peek at duke's parents who still have the joker virus going down it seems like they are laughing 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 and going nuts behind a glass panel and duke is trying to come and talk to them and rehabilitate them and that ain't happening not working so that's interesting i'd like to get a, a, a better peek at duke at, at that character so i'm happy that we got a little something going on there also victor zaz is terrifying yes Absolutely He's terrifying. Not a, cute, not a cute guy. And this is one of the scarier iterations of him. So, dang. Heck of an issue. All-Star Batman is no holds barred, man. It really feels like Mad Max Batman to me. You know? Mm. That, like, have to get somewhere. No matter what it takes, whatever chaos and hell breaks loose, have to get there, have to get there, endure all kinds of stuff. It's a lot of fun. I like it. And you're right. It's very cinematic. It feels like I'm watching a movie. I can feel that action. The panels move really nicely. Really different from Tom King's Batman. Yes, it is. And, and different from Scott Snyder's. That's uh, for sure. From, with Greg Capullo. Yeah. All right. So on to the next book of the week. Spider-Man number eight. Now I can just say, I enjoy this a lot. Wait, you, you can just say this right out the gate. Why do you enjoy it so much? I enjoyed it because the conversation, I mean, there wasn't even a whole lot of action that happened in this book. It was a lot of talking. You know, it was yeah. a lot of fleshing out. So even though we didn't get a civil war this week, it's almost like we did in this book. A lot of civil war taking place in here. We retread yeah. a, a little bit of ground and it makes me think if you are not keeping up with Civil War 2, some of the things, these things are going to be a little curious to you. Like, Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I know we didn't issue a spoiler warning before All-Star Batman, and that's, uh, that's 
not usual, but y'all, if you didn't know what happened in Civil War II and you read Spider-Man 8, now you know, and you might have some questions. Yeah. You might have some questions. Um, this book rules. It, this book is fantastic. The whole conversation between Miles Morales and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. just the, that that dialogue, we always praise the dialogue in this. Brian Michael Bendis is, is great with, with his character's speech. Um, it's so much fun to read, you know, and it's tense and um, bouncy. And every time I find myself thinking, ah, if, if I was Luke Cage, I'd probably say this, then that character will say those things, you know? Um, yeah. And they, uh, it's very down to earth. It's a very fun book to read. It's very conversational. It sounds like conversation that you would hear people that you know having. Yeah, that's so, right. So, I mean, the, the beginning is like <laughs> really funny because, you know, Miles is responding to the fact that Jessica Jones knows he's Miles. That's right. He's trying to front and trying to play it off like, yeah, oh, as know, if he's uh, like, no, oh, I don't not, know who you, that's not, not my name. Miles. And, and, you know, and you have Luke Cage and Jessica Jones kind of having like, like the marital, like, light disagreement of like yeah see i told you little brothers know who i am and he's like no nah, uh, he knows who you are because you're he's an avenger and he's and then miles goes well actually who, who are you and luke goes i'm not gonna say anything she goes good i just i can do it with a look mm-hmm. very like marital you know mm-hmm. that kind of exchange but ultimately the the big picture the big kind of thing is the reason why they're there is because jessica jones is going look I'm here to let you know something. Professional courtesy. I'm giving you a professional courtesy. And Miles was like, what does that mean? You just kind of interrupted my life. You landed on top of a building. Like, you kind of disturbed what's going on here. Like, I'm not really enjoying this. Like, look, the reason why I'm doing that is because I'm trying to extend a professional courtesy to you. I'm respecting you as an Avenger. I'm respecting you as a superhero. I'm letting you know something I shouldn't let you know. Promise me, if I tell you this... You're not going to get upset. You're not going to respond no matter what I tell you. Yeah. Which is a lot to ask. Yes, it is. Because it's like... Especially when you're Miles Morales and you have no earthly idea what's going on. I don't even know who you are. I mean, I like, I know who Luke Cage is, but I don't know who you are. Yeah. You know? So... And she lays it down pretty she, easy. She, she, says, she says, this whole secret identity thing. I could... I, I you ain't so good. Yeah. I figured you out in a couple seconds. Two you know hours I mean? it took her. Yeah. And I think that was a cool way of kind of laying it out because, you know, she's smart. She's like, look, let me lay the foundation. Let me lay, let me lay the groundwork. Yeah. I could have told on you. Yeah. And I didn't. Do you acknowledge the fact that I did that? Yeah. Do you appreciate that I did that? Do you get value out of that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. All right. I get that. And I love how she keeps grabbing his head and like pointing it at him. Like, you know, which is, which is a funny thing. Like, yeah. It's a very like young boy thing to do. Like, listen, young boy, let me like look at me in the eyes. I'm trying to tell you something. Like, you're not very good at what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Luke kind of breaks it down and goes, "Look, she's telling you she found you found out your secret in five seconds. That means you are terrible at keeping your secret. Mm-hmm. She's telling you this all, telling you all this, so maybe you can try to be better at being Spider Man. So if maybe someone out there, someone less personable than my wife, my darling wife here, tries to figure you out your whole deal." it might take them a bit longer than two hours to completely destroy your life. Yeah. So after Miles is able to kind of like process that and say, yeah, I get it. um, She goes, okay, now I'm going to tell you this information. Before I get into that, I want to point out a couple of things. I love what they're doing with Miles Morales' eyes in the suit. Yeah. I love how they're showing like his confusion. and A lot of expression in the eyes. And the light moment 
of the fact that there's a gust of wind happening. Yes. And you see the leaves flowing. You see, you know, Jessica Jones' hair blowing. Like, little things like that that are showing they're standing on a roof. Adds an environment. You know? Yeah. You know, one of the things that I hate in comics is when someone will draw a scene that has no background. Unless you're deliberately trying to do that and it's, it's serving a point of some kind. Usually it's just lazy or it's cheap. I need to get this out quick. There's no background. There's no context or environment for where this person is. And what we're seeing here, just for this, this conversation between three people, that's pretty mundane. It builds an environment that's believable. Yeah. And it's, it, it just kind of gives me this patience. Like yeah. I can feel what these words sound like, how they, how it feels to hear these things as I watch the wind just push past gently. Yeah. Yeah. And there's these little moments that are happening where, you know, like even the whole situation where she, you know, Miles goes, okay, so I'm skipping ahead. So she goes, I want to tell you who hired me. And she says, your grandmother hired me. Miles flips out, Mm -hmm. wigs out, gets upset, gets frustrated, you know, yelling and screaming and all that kind of stuff, which is understandable because he's like, look, you know, like, these like my grandmother is hiring people to see who I am. Like, and I think that Jessica Jones does a really dope thing. It's like, look, she did it. Be- they did it. Cause they love you. You know, they did it cause they care for you. And that the-, the way you rectify this is you remind them that, you know, you're a good kid. You remind yeah. them that, you know, and this is a part of being a superhero. Like, this is what you have to do. Like, these are the old heads putting the young bull on. Like, look, you can't have people, not one, you need to do a better job of keeping your secret identity. Mm-hmm. Two, you need to do a better job of living as a regular person so mm-hmm. your friends and family aren't running around looking like, what's wrong with this kid? After Jessica says, your grandmother hired me, it, it we're provided one of my favorite scenes in this book, which is, and maybe in this series so far, which, and it's really small, but it meant the world to me, is Luke Cage talking to Miles, man to man, and saying, here's the deal. When we were deciding what to do with you and what to do about you, I talked to my friend, Sam Wilson. Mm -hmm. And Sam tells me, you're good. He likes you. And he told me, you might be one of the great ones eventually. Yeah. But you got work to do. Yeah. And that moment of Luke Cage, who's been a hero for a long time and he's seen a lot of things. He's an old head. Capital O. And then he's talking about Sam Wilson, Captain America. And he says, Captain America says, you might be one of the great ones. And he says that to Miles. That I just felt that. And you got to imagine, black man says the black man talks to black kid. Yeah. Like that's got to mean something. And they kinda, I mean, he says that too. Spider-Man is a kid of on, color now. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Don't mess it up. Yeah. And um, this this very funny moment where, you know, Jessica's doing the thing of the head again. And he goes, why do you keep touching my head? Yeah. And she goes, because you need to focus. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you need to chill. Like, this is what Luke Cage says. And listen to me. And that's a, I like those little moments because that seems like something. And she's kind of stooping down, trying to look him in his eyes and going, look, kid, like, listen, like you, you're a teenager. You're a young kid. Like. You need that sometimes. Now, um, we can breeze past a lot of this because we are retreading Civil War too, and the, all of the heroes deciding to go and confront Bruce Banner. Um, yeah. Well, there's an important part for this perspective. We know what happens. Spoiler, yeah. Spoilers. We I, know what happened. But I think the, the, but there's an 
Go ahead. I think the important part in this is that we get a little peek into Carol Danvers, who doesn't want to be correct about her assumptions and doesn't want to be correct about the the fears that the Hulk might eventually kill everyone. Yeah, very interesting where, you know, Tony and Carol are having a conversation and they have this moment where Tony goes, wait, you're saying you hope I'm right? And she says, I do in the worst way. Tony says, but you don't actually think I'm right. And she goes, I don't. Yeah. In the worst way. She so, wants to. She wants him to be right. Yeah. But she honestly, genuinely, truly goes, I don't think you're right. Mm-hmm. And I very vehemently don't think you're right. As much as I vehemently want you to be right, I I don't think you're right. Yeah. Um, and this whole conversation, this whole behind the scenes that we didn't actually get from the Civil War book is like, look, we're going out here. Tony's going in with no armor on. Tony's going in to have a conversation right now. And at the end of the day, we're hoping to avoid this. We yeah. want to go there. We want to see he hasn't hulked out. There's no chance of him hulking out. Yeah. There's no evidence of him hulking out. But we have all these people here just in case. Mm-hmm. Probably not a good idea, though, to bring Bruce Banner out. Spoilers if you haven't read Civil War. To seeing every single person in the Marvel Universe, pretty much, from the Avengers to the X-Men to the Inhumans, standing outside going, stay calm. Yeah. Like, if you brought everybody out, all my, you know, that's an intervention. Yeah. It's very hard not to get offended when you're, when you're coming to an intervention. And we very talked difficult. about that in, with that issue of Civil War. I mean, like, how, how could you expect anything other than somebody getting very upset with this interaction? You know, we see what takes place. We see that Bruce Banner is put down by, by Hawkeye. Yeah. And we see the reaction on the kids' faces. And the kids are Nova, Miss Marvel, and Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about this is before they go out and actually have the situation, I thought it was very, very interesting how Miss Marvel goes, how cool is Miss Marvel? She doesn't take any of his sass. Mm-hmm. I like that. Me too. I like, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like the fact that Miss Marvel is watching and going, That's a, that is a strong female. She's my hero. Old head. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm looking, cause you're, you're looking at Tony Stark, who's, you know, arguably a jerk. And if you read in the book, mm-hmm. you're like, he's kind of giving her a whole lot of like attitude mm-hmm. and Miss Marvel's giving it right back to him. She's not backing down. And I think that's something important for Miss Marvel from a Kamala Khan to see. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, but the, the, the whole time they're, they're having this, the kids are kind of like, all right, <laughs> From the kid's perspective, it's like, uh, okay, I mean, we're just kind of here, you know, we don't have to fight. Because they told him, like, look, none of you guys have to fight if you don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I guess we can just kind of roll with them and kind of go with them. And then we see an hour later, it actually goes down, you know, and Tony is flipping. And the He's, kids all, the, the kids process grief differently. You know, like, Nova says, I'm pretty sure I'm with Iron Man. I think I'm with Iron Man. And... Miles is pretty quick to agree. Like, yeah, me too. And Kamala Khan, she, I mean, like her she hero. Says, oh no. Yeah. Like her hero, her, her figure, the person she looks up to is not looking so good in this light. You know, Carol Danvers is kind of tainted. And I just like the moment in the, the, the ship, the, the, the whatever aircraft that they're in together. When Kamala is really having a hard time processing what she just saw, and Nova is 
It's basically just signaling, signaling two miles. Dude, console her. Yeah. Comfort her. Do something. And then you have these three kids. All of them are young, a little inexperienced, all a little in over their heads. They just saw something go down that's huge. They saw a legacy character, someone that they've known about their whole lives. One of the founding members of the Avengers, they said, right? Mm-hmm. Murdered. And, and you're listening to Tony Stark flip out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is saying some very, very, like, rough things. Like, he accuses Carol of setting it up, accuses Carol of putting Hawkeye in that tree, accuses Carol of intentionally not having his armor on so his sensors would know. And, you know, you see Captain America very, like, wisely just kind of give, you know, say, Tony, Tony. Tony, Mm -hmm. come on. And Tony's going, going, and eventually Tony's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, you know what I find interesting is uh, Captain America in in here. When I say Captain America, I'm talking about Steve Rogers, but Steve Rogers is not Captain America at this point in time. And Brian Michael Bendis writes this as Tony addressing Steve as Cap. He says, Cap, we're dropping like flies, you know? Um, But Steve Rogers is not Captain America in this point in time. So I'm, I was curious about that. Is that is there a reason why we're addressing him as that, or maybe this is just characters who I don't know haven't figured out the habit? Because Sam Wilson is Captain America right now, and we addressed this earlier. We Luke Cage name drops Sam Wilson, uh, so I'm curious about that. And Tony is beat up. We've experienced Tony going through this grief before, and he's saying he wants to know who's next, Carol. Carol Danvers, in his mind, killed Hulk, killed Bruce Banner. So who's next? And Miles Morales says, yeah, he's right. Who's next? And it makes me wonder, is somebody about to die? I don't know, man. If we're asking that question. Want to find out who hap- what happens next? Yes, I does. Uh, Spider-Man 9, we have a, a, a just one image at the very end of the book. Yeah. And it is Miles Morales meeting uh, Venom. Mm. Venom from space. The the Flash Thompson's Flash, f- wow, cannot you got, you got this. cannot you got Flash this. Thompson, Space Agent Venom, yeah. So I don't know how that happens, how that comes into play, but it's going to get a little intergalactic really soon. Mm. Miles' life is going to get a lot more complicated before it settles down. I think. All right, Spider Man so, is consistently great. Yes. So those are the books of the week for this week. Um, let's look at next week. Next week, we got Batman number seven, Civil War two, number five. Finally. And Power Man Iron Fist number eight. Ooh. All right. So we might clump some ups and, and, and figure some way to do these. Well, we're definitely doing Civil We're definitely doing Batman. Yeah. We're definitely doing Civil War. And we're definitely doing Power Man. And Batman will be the beginning of a new arc. Yeah, the Monster Man. That's very exciting. Got to do it. Got to do Civil War. And you got to do Power... I mean, we have to do all three of those. Um, but we won't have long um, life life uh, origin stories to tell. And we will probably take an opportunity to pair Black Panther with one of those. So, you know, we can do our like two by two situation. Our little Noah's Ark, John. Um, Black Panther number six was an excellent comic. And if you've been reading Black Panther, I highly recommend you continue reading it uh, and picking up six is a good idea. So I'm I'm interested in us taking some opportunity to 
talk through that issue. So there's a lot going down in that book, as always, as always. And honestly, I usually don't get my value from the book until you and I have the Junto. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And listeners, we hope you're looking forward to that too. And by the way, next week, Trinity number one comes out. Trinity! Which is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing to just keep out, keep a lookout for in your pull list. Mm-hmm. Francis Manipult, writer, artist, and cover artist. Yeah. So I'll, I'm, I'll probably be picking that one up. It's a good time to be a comic fan. Yes. A lot of good stuff. And I'm very eager for both of us to dig into Doom Patrol and have some words on that because that is one of the first books coming from DC's new imprint, uh, Young Animal, which is pretty exciting stuff. I'm really excited by that, in fact. All right. So that's the, that's the episode for this week. Why don't you let the people know where they can find you on the internet? You can find me remembering my best days with my left kidney, <laughs> tweeting about our the fun times we had together on Twitter and on Instagram. Same name, Adam Tetris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. Yo, word to all of the people who celebrate Man Thing Monday. Mm. I see you out there, and, and I will retweet your Man Thing Monday's tweets, so keep them coming. And if you want to do a Man Thing Monday on any other day, that's fine by me. That's allowed. I'll allow it. I'll All right. I'll allow it. How about you? Where they found you online? At Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, all using the same handle. Hit me up there. Let's have a conversation. Let's keep the Junto going. Mm-hmm. If you like this podcast, leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review, share this with somebody else you think can appreciate it. Invite them to join the Junto. Um, also, you can follow us on SoundCloud. You can leave us comments on specific parts of the podcast on SoundCloud. So you mm-hmm. can leave comments, let people know what you think on exact spaces. We're also on Google Play. We're also on Overcast. We're also on Sound uh, Stitcher. Mm-hmm. We're everywhere fine podcasts can be found. And we thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Looking forward to continue doing this. We appreciate you guys supporting us and and, and listening in. Um, really got good ideas coming up for merch. I was telling Adam about some of them today. Very excited. Hopefully we got some cool stuff coming soon. We're going to have a lot of time to brainstorm. Yeah. 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 You're going to have a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> they hear that. They say that, you know, when you're under the influence, a lot of cool things come to you. Uh, yeah. Hey, but for general anesthesia or whatever they're going to be putting us on, um, I don't know. I, I hope I am inspired to write Jerusalem by Alan Moore. I don't know. Maybe I'll just retire comics. I'll, I will achieve so much in my brain mm. during the time that we're in the surgery or okay. recovering. I will achieve so much. I'll be like, I've done it all in my brain and I've retired from comics. <laughs> Alan Moore. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Shaolin fantastic. Shaolin fantastic. All right. That's it. We love you guys. Until next time. Peace. Oh, oh, oh.